Reach for the sky, boy. Hello, how are you guys doing out there? This is Dane Alps, your co-host for a show which, if you don't know, is called Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a weekly show in which me and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news, provide you with reviews of the past pay-per-views, and also preview some of the stuff coming out. But I can't do the show without my co-host, Chris. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing great, man. I've been hunting all the monsters, played some Overwatch 2, uh, watched the Warriors. So, like, when we get into the things that we watched recently, I have a lot of, a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> yes. T- you know, yeah, T-Bird from The Crow is in that movie. <laughs> but, no, all joking aside, holy shit, does that movie hold up, Dane? I'm, I'm so hyped on that fucking movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I mean, I've always loved it. But, uh, like, I sat down and watched that Blu-ray release of that film, and holy fuck, it's really good. It's really good, Dane. It's still a really good goddamn movie. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm excited for you. I haven't seen that film in a, in a, in a good while, so maybe I'll check that out. Who is the, the director of The Warriors? Is that uh, the same guy who did... Um, Oh, what the hell is a vampire movie from that time period? Um, with the Corys and fucking... Oh, the Lost Boys? Uh, I don't know for sure. but I, And I can't remember I the, could, the I director's name it. either. Uh, who, he's also the one who did uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Um, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Yeah, this is I gonna mean, be... I don't know any anything about the directors i just it's like i what i saw was like uh i was looking through my playstation 2 emulator list and i saw the warriors and i was like holy shit that was a good video game they should remake that and then i ended up watching the warriors the movie and i was like holy Dude, shit you remember totally the remake game. that video game because yeah it has Dope. this whole prequel backstory of like how each member became part of the gang and like I don't know, man. That game gets slept on. Like, Rockstar always puts out good games. Like, uh, you know, even the worst Rockstar game is better than, like, 80% of games that come out, comes out. Oh, yeah. Like, they just they just put out... Rockstar North, specifically, I should say, puts it, just puts out really good shit. So, it, like, that game is fucking phenomenal. And I was like, oh, holy shit, do I want a remake of this video game? And, and I watched that, and I watched a fuck ton of wrestling. Watched a lot of hockey. Um... Still trying to finish up that 70s show. But yeah, outside of that, I, I didn't catch much. What, what have you been watching, buddy? And it was Joel Schumacher who I was thinking of, uh, uh, who did not do The Warriors. He did Lost Boys. But, you know, my it's it's going to be one of those episodes, guys. I decided to drink tequila last night. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got, I'm, I'm pounding through a, a nice little... Juice Monster, uh, the 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 loco one, uh, delicious. So I'm just I'm just giving you a fair warning right now. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> so uh, you know, tie it back into video games. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, he in Metal Gear Solid, he is Solid Snake, or he's Snake of some yep. sort. He does the voice, so he kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> 
Yeah, I still like the guy that did it before, that did it for the, la- the last couple games, but when I heard he was doing it, I was like, okay, I- I'm down for that. That's fine. His um, last name is Hater. See, wraps yeah. all the way back around to wrestling. Here we go. There you go. Um, but uh, stuff I've been watching, I have really gone through uh, a majority of Parks and Rec. Uh, really enjoying that show. Um, I'm trying to uh, work on like a Ron Swanson-style uh, impression. Still in the uh, early stages, guys. So just give me a, give me some time. I'm sure I'll be able to get Nick Offerman's voice down more, Pat. Um, but besides that, man, I mean, I I finally forced myself. So as we know, if you if you're a listener, um, I was trying to go through the whole entire first uh, three phases of the MCU. I was uh, working on that, <laughs> working on that, watching movies about superheroes. I was I was uh, attempting to do that uh, around I think the the beginning of December and I got far and then I had like three movies I just did not feel like rewatching uh, it was Ragnarok Ant Man and the Wasp and um, what the hell the other one was um, Ant Man the Wasp Ragnarok and oh Doctor Strange and I just didn't feel like rewatching them I finally rewatched Doctor Strange. Actually enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it since it was in theaters, uh, since I saw it. I actually think I liked it more so than the uh, last Doctor Strange, if I'm going to be honest with you. Really big fan of Scott Derrickson with the black phone and Sinister and Emily Rose. and thought it was a cool film and uh, still not the biggest fan of Ragnarok. I know I sound crazy, but it's a little bit too comedic for me. And uh, the new Ant-Man's coming out, so I might as well revisit the second one and uh, I'll finally be able to get to the two fucking movies I've been wanting to rewatch the whole entire time, Infinity War and Endgame. So, uh it's been a it's it's been a it's it's been a journey for me. So, so I like that you are are kind of on the same page with Thor. Like, why is he so funny? <laughs> He's supposed to be a god, a, the god of thunder. <laughs> He's supposed to be bringing the hammer down on people's heads. Like, I Chris, I can know, I, I... <laughs> Can I go into detail? Can I have like a little little Dane rant? And I'm not going to be too aggressive, but I like Taika Waititi. I think he's a great director. Uh, uh, in the Shadows, or what the fuck that show's called in the movie, um, awesome. Uh, and I love that movie they did with Scarlett Johansson not too long ago uh, that was up for awards. I think he's a great director. James Gunn to me, went a little bit too comedic when he gets to the second Guardians. I thought the balance in the first one was great. Taika just, it seems like now the sensibility of how they do the MCU movies usually is based off those two directors. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, the Russo brothers, it was like all action dynamic. And you have Josh Whedon, who is a douchebag, but he made the Avengers. And, like, there's this epic nature to some of John Favreau with the Iron Man movies and shit. And, uh, Thor is supposed to be a fucking badass. Ragnarok is the destruction of Asgard. Uh, Hela is actually Loki's daughter in mythology, not just not just uh, the uh, Marvel uh, in general. There was just so many elements. He beats up Surther in the first like two minutes, and it's cool listening to fucking um, uh, Led Zeppelin song. Wow, I guess it is going to be a long day. Um, 
Oh, I can't think of the song, but ah, uh, yeah. Oh my god, Im- immigrant song. <laughs> yeah, um, it's cool, but it's like you just beat up the most powerful villain within Norse mythology and also the MCU. The guy that actually kills Odin in the fucking comics and in the stories. It just like there was too much shtick in it for me, man. Too much shtick. And Jeff Goldblum, I love him, but it was the like, same same flavor. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I don't know. He's he's fucking Thor. How much comedy do you need? <laughs> like, I I get it. They they made him. I just kind of hate it because Thor is supposed to be like the most one of the most badass people in the DCU in general, right? And then like he's he's chubby now. He's like I don't know. It's, I, it didn't vibe with me. I guess the way it did other people. I guess if you just look at it as like a it's a film and it's there. And take away everything, <laughs> like all of the lore, it's fine. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm on the same page with you. Like, I, and like, Love and uh, Thunder was terrible. Ugh. I don't know if you've seen the sequel yeah. that came out this last year, but it was bad. Yeah, that one was, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. Just, I don't know. What they did with, like, they came up with a really cool Thor. They got a good actor to do it. I was like, I'll say cool Thor. Eventually, he's going to be putting in work. Nah, he's a comedy character in a bigger, giant plot line that you have to stretch out for 17 movies that people will see, but no one really wants to see. Oh, I'm sorry I said that. Yep, I mean, it's taken as long as it has for me to go back and rewatch all of them, so I think that says... <laughs> it's because there's... I mean, I, I'm a lot of MCU fans don't want to hear this, but... There are certain films that are great within the MCU. That is not all of them, though. <laughs> that is picks in, like, Winter Soldier's an amazing fucking film. Uh, the Avengers is a really accomplished sci-fi ending epic, you know, with that whole entire thing coming together. You know, maybe the first Iron Man. Guardians of the Galaxy is a fucking awesome piece of cinema. And then you have a lot of, like, okay, they kind of, like, get you from place to place. I'll just put it that way. In the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 comparison still stands. They're Western films. You get like one good one every five, right? Yeah. Like I I still stand by that. Like I'm not, and that's nothing against Marvel. I like Marvel comics. <laughs> I just wish a lot of their movies were better. I'm just I'm just done with comic book movies in general, man. And I am really sad. Like my favorite comic book stuff is done. Uh, this year with Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad, which I think is like some of the best actual, like as far as live action stuff happening in the uh, film universe, I guess, of, of comic book stuff. So I'm did you mean um, about that. Teen Titans and not? Uh... Oh, Teen, Teen Titans. Sorry. What did, I, what did I say? You said Suicide Squad and I was going to. Oh, no, no, yeah. You... Teen, yeah, Teen Titans. My bad. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that does suck, and especially since I hadn't got a chance to watch Jim Patrol, but I, it was like literally something I was going to check out, and because I love Brendan Fraser, the premise, the characters, these guys were created as kind of like an homage to the Fantastic Four, but like really weird and sci-fi, uh, the originals back in the 70s, and came out actually around the same time X-Men came out, I think they're a couple months apart, one of that weird coincidences, but uh I heard the show was awesome. It was like an Umbrella Academy, but it had its own sensibility to it. And unfortunately, never checked it out. And now, Chris, unless it gets like a definitive ending, 
which I hope they can do. I don't, I don't remember if they're getting another season. Um, I don't really want to start something if I can't see it. You know, it, it sucks when that happens. Well, it seems like they know that it's wrapping up in season four for both of those shows. So it should be wrapping up, I guess, at the end of the season. Um, Doom Patrol, I, I like it, but it also has that. It does that thing where it gets like, um, I don't even know how to like, I don't even want to call it paranormal is not the right thing. Like time travel, demons, like it, I don't. It's just it's weird. Really, yeah, it's it it gets weird, but it's still really good. And Brendan Fraser is fucking great as uh, as his as his character, and it does some really funny voiceovers. Um, that yeah, makes me think honestly, and it also sucks with Titans, but also you know now what they're trying to connect everything, and it looks like. Within this new universe, Nightwing's already going to exist. So if they want to kind of go into the Titans separately, they can do that and form it into that universe. And Doom Patrol, I could see James Gunn and Peter Safran. Peter Safran's a producer that made all of James Wan's horror picks. He's big in the horror industry before he came over to do the DCU. They're both horror guys. I could see Doom Patrol being something they make into a movie uh, down the line. I'm going to yell, like, spoiler plot alerts for non-comic fans who just watch TV shows. But, um, yeah, the ramp up for Raven as a character, I don't think they're going to finish that in six episodes. Yeah. Uh, One, she's fucking badass. And she's badass in Teen Titans. And I was like, holy shit, this is a really good version of that character. She's great, uh, man. I like the but, actress a lot too. Yeah, but they got like six episodes left. So like the ramp up to her full tilt version of what Raven can become is like uh you know, six episodes. That's tough. That's six hours, which you know, it's a HBO does do a better version of that than a lot of other uh companies, but it's still gonna be like that's a lot. Especially because they introduced Brother Blood, which also sucks because I like uh, Nick Klaus. I can't think of the actor's name. He's Nick Klaus in the originals and Vampire Diaries. Um, they they introduced a lot of stuff in Teen, Teen Titans, and they're like, oh, it's done after this season. I was like, I don't know how they're going to wrap that shit up in six episodes, but like, good luck. Uh, yeah, I guess, unfortunately, at this point, they don't really have a choice. <laughs> But. Which which sucks because they uh, they introduced the Wayne Abago as my wife calls it, which is <laughs> this giant RV that has like Batmobile that comes down. It's like a Transformer a RV. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, all, all credit to the waifu on that with the the Wayne Abago. I almost Wayne died. Abago. <laughs> uh, that's pretty fucking funny, man. That's uh, awesome. I thought, I, was, I thought I was gonna die, but yeah, those those are my two favorite superhero things going i mean you know eventually some cool x-men stuff would come out i really did like that last batman movie a lot but like man i've, I've really fallen off a cliff and i in like even on the comic book world there's not like a series that's really clicked with me and i'm, I'm a big read comic, a new fan. comic book in a long time man like something new that someone told me about the last comic book that i bought this is how far back it is was uh i think it's either injustice made from the video game which was years ago because injustice that fucking mortal Kombat, or not mortal Kombat, that uh dc mortal Kombat engine style game has got to be at least eight years old and then 
Avengers versus X-Men that I know came out in like 2013, 2012. So. And I'm only, and maybe this is just me, but it's always weird to jump in like mid storyline for like a DC Marvel thing. So I always like try to just look at like, you know, dark horse or image and see like what is actually new, like first release and try to really read those, but nothing's really uh, stuck with me recently. I'm also not a big reading fan. Um. (laughs) (laughs) As we always say on this show, readings for prisoners. It is for prisoners. That sounds like something that that Ron Swanson would say. Readings for Uh, prisoners. uh, Um, I'm going to get that voice, by the way. Audio books for life. Yo, so I've seen that guy in some serious stuff. Is he good in this video game show the last of us is he good at it because i watched him play a hacker in one show where he's like a super serious character and i was like i can't this guy's bad no he's incredible in that episode but it's got controversy because they added more to the story that wasn't there so i'm i don't don't even want to talk to certain friends of mine that used to play the video game because they just nitpick the fuck out of it constantly but it's one of the most well-done television shows acted out that I've seen in a very long time. So it's HBO. I just yell at him that you only play on Xbox and that'll get it done. Cause I think last of us is only on PlayStation. So you can just start that war, you know, tell them that, uh, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't. I don't think that'll hurt your feelings at all. <laughs> I know it um, probably won't. And it's just weird. Like I, I don't know. When it comes to video game stuff, anything that's halfway quality related exactly. to video games, Can we take anything like, good, that's man? pretty good. <laughs> like, for, for for people that are friends of Resident Evil, we can't get fucking anything. Everything they create <laughs> is terrible. Do you know what the even best that, thing from Resident even Evil? I was going to say even. That's better than some other video game things. Like I was just going to say, like all the movies combined, that new series on Netflix that was terrible, all of it, everything they made. The best thing they've made is the first movie, and the first movie still sucked. It had nothing to do really with the plot of the first fucking game. So, well, I guess it tied in a little bit, but everything else, and that that's how sad it is. And you know what director that is? The same guy who did Mortal Kombat, which is arguably one of the best com- uh, video game movies. Still, so if we can get some type of content that isn't Assassin's Creed, ugh, like, the fuck happens to these damn films? When they announced that, that what that movie was, and I was like, man, do you know how much they have to develop the plot even in those video games? There's like six of those video games. You're in a virtual how the fuck reality you fuck that up a film with Michael Fassbender in it. Like, how do you do that? Like, well, it's shoved too much. I mean, like they did it with Idris Albus and that fucking uh, Dark Tower series It's like you can't make that one movie. That's a lot. There's a lot there. (laughs) Um, Oh, Lord. Let's see. uh, Good video game shit to watch. Uh, That Castlevania series on Netflix was really great. They usually have to go animated or like they're doing with this live action Mario. And the Sonic and the uh, Pikachu do some type of offshoot with like an animated person in the real world or whatever the fuck. But most video game movies are terrible. If you guys want to watch a really bad one, watch Mario Brothers from like 92. Holy I, fuck. 
I actually, actually like mushrooms. I like the that. I like the two Sonic movies a lot. Actually, I watched both. of No, them. no, no. That's why I said I was like, I was like, if you take one of the characters like a Mario, a Sonic, or a Pikachu and put them live action, it works out well. But that's still not the key story of them per se. You know, what I'm saying like, how the fuck do have we we don't have a, a Legend of Zelda film by now or series yeah, somewhere kojima is still writing the script for this metal gear solid oh, movie don't even get me started f- on that <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, i think I, I i do think the animated stuff works well for video yeah. games especially the way they they do like the like the way they did sonic and detective pikachu and um yeah, I think it. I think it's actually really cool. I'm excited to see that Mario one, especially after that trailer <laughs> where they go Super Smash Brothers and he he accidentally gets the cat suit. <laughs> it gets Donkey Kong. It's pretty. It's good. gonna be pretty awesome. It's gonna be I'm, pretty I'm, awesome. It's Nintendo. They don't put out bad stuff. I mean, no, they do. With the exception of the the Wii U as a console, but that was like a bri- that was like a, I consider that a bridge to the Switch, which the Switch is awesome. But like game wise, Nintendo always puts out good shit. Like first party stuff, it's gonna be good. Um, but yeah, their their movies are notoriously terrible. So maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I have faith in Nintendo to get this one right after the Sonic film. <laughs> no, I I think Nintendo will be fine. I just wish that we could. Like I said, branch this gap and not be let down by so many fucking movies that come out that have video game. Uh, I don't know. It's just amazing to me. Like like I said, I, I don't know how. Like, I was legitimately offended by that last Mortal Kombat movie. I was like, you guys have had this much fucking time. You got this much mythos. And you don't even get to the actual fucking tournament in this movie. Besides Scorpion like Sub-Zero, me- that movie fucking blew ass. I feel like me and you are the only people that shit on that HBO thing. Like, everyone well, else loved it. But I was like, dude, if you want to do something crazy, do Tekken. Like, you did the fatalities sure. in the show. Congratulations, you did it. But, like, as, well, as know, far as the, the, the lore of Mortal... Hated... There's a lot with Mortal Kombat that you can go into. I, I don't know. Just You know what I hated is was the lazy answer of, like, well, you know, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. Did you see the original one in the 90s? They're supposed to be cheesy. What? No. No, that is a terrible excuse. Go jump in a pit with the spikes and shit, you fucking... Ugh. <laughs> I love that damn series growing up. I knew way too much about Mortal Kombat. I had, like, a personal attachment to it, so maybe uh, that has something to do with it, but I don't know. Fuck. I, I don't know. I... Yeah, they ruined Street Fighter as well, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> uh, Who should we have play uh, Guile in this? He's an American soldier. Oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme wants to do it. Okay, let's do that. Oh, I was sense. talking about like that Chun-Li movie they made more recently. Oh, God, be... what's the chick from Smallville? <laughs> yeah, that's not even her fault. That's just a bad movie. <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't matter how great of an actor you are, <laughs> which we'll, we'll talk about with Roman Reigns later, uh, not just in his entire career. <laughs> if they give you they give you dog shit, how, how much are you supposed to do? Look how great he is now. That's what I'm getting at. Like, you know, she she probably would have been fine if you gave her a good Street Fighter storyline <laughs> or a good director or like a budget. Yeah, well, 
you brought up Roman Reigns, so let's uh, get out of this wonderful talk of stuff we've seen and move on to talking about some wrestling stuff, man. Um, the big dog? No, I'm kidding. Um, what do you want to talk about first? There's lots well, of cool stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna we'll we'll open up with talking about the King and that whole entire situation. You can kind of then talk about some of this New Japan stuff, uh, especially with Mr. Jay White, and then we'll go over uh, Raw and Dynamite and kind of include anything uh, from last night's show since we're recording this on a Saturday, referencing SmackDown and uh, Rampage from last night. Sound good? Okay. Yeah, sounds great. Um, with the Jury of the King Lawler stuff, I don't know if you've heard of any other updates. Uh, their original reports was it was a stroke and then there was a blood clot. But either way, he uh, lost feeling on the right side of his body. He was found in a parking lot. They took him back. He's talking to people. Um, it seems like he's he's going to be released on Monday, I think. And then he has to stay at his house for 30 days. He can't fly or his condo in Florida. He can't fly anywhere. Um, so it seems like he's going to make a, a recovery. I don't know what that means because obviously I'm not, you know, best friends with Jerry the King Lawler. But from all accounts, based on the situation, if you get that kind of news, it seems like it's a it's a positive, right? Like, um, I don't know. Dutch Mantel has been in close contact with him. I think he's done the most accurate job of reporting it as far as, like, news people go. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, Jim Ross mentioned a little bit about it, but I don't think it was any, like, basically just said that, Talk to him for a little bit. His prognosis is positive, but he needs all the thoughts and prayers still. And that was, I think, th- two days ago, three days ago. So, yeah, you know, it's good to hear that he's I, – because I think all of us, unfortunately, assumed he had another heart attack. Not saying that having a stroke is much better uh, or a blood clot, but, you know, he has a history of uh, heart issues. And he still wrestles. Yeah, I w- he yeah, a, I he was, had a match I like was, a month, like a month ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, like he had something in November, and he just did one of the pre-shows on uh, one of these pay-per-views. I can't remember which, the last pay-per-view he was on, but it's it, like you know he's still working and doing stuff, and he has like a I don't know. He's he's very active guy, so it's kind of a he's got like zip ties situation. holding himself together and shit. Jesus, and also also he still blames his heart problem on Dolph Ziggler, which is weird. We like the heart attack. He's like, he, he threw me off, uh, off rhythm. Uh, have you ever heard him talk about that? It's weird. Uh, no. He, and hasn't he had multiple heart attacks? Just one of them was televised. Yeah. The one that was televised is like it, he, the day he, after. Kinda, he just like, it was a weird situation where my, it, the bump made my heart skip rhythm. He didn't like blame it on He didn't bury Dolph Ziggler or anything. He's just like, it just happened after those elbow drops or whatever, which it kind of did. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, sucks. I'm glad. I mean, it's, it's good that he's doing better and uh, is going to be, like I said, it, it, the last update I saw was from Dutch Mantel, who seems to, you know, him and Jerry have been really good friends for a long time, so I kind of tend to lean towards whatever Dutch is putting out there. And, and his son, I think, said the same thing, which is he's going to be out of the hospital by Monday. And then these are the reports, so don't get mad at me if this is wrong. Uh, can't fly anywhere for 30 days, which is fine. Like, at least he's alive. It's Jerry the King Waller, man. 
it, it, it made me really think about Memphis wrestling. That's, you know, I was like, oh man, I, I, I'm going to be really sad. Uh, Cause it'll eventually happen in our lifetime or maybe not. Maybe I'll die tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, one day, like when that, when I heard the news of Jerry, the King Lawler, I got super sad because I immediately thought of Jerry, the King Lawler and Terry Funk. And I was like, oh my God, wrestling used to be so fucking good. Not that it's not good now, but like you took my eye, eye Lawler. <laughs> It's just like people that listen to the show for the past. (laughs) You son of a bitch. People that have been listening to the show for five years are like, yeah, we knew Chris was going to bring it up. He can't can't help himself. Me Um, and Chris uh, several years back got wasted at his house. And I, I, I think we had something that we had planned and we ended up just watching Jerry Lawler against Terry Funk in the uh, open arena match and fucking dusty promos until about two o'clock. I'm sure your wife wanted to kill us because we were just. No, she's just just like, (laughs) they're doing them. I'm good. (laughs) Like that's, it's it's a weird way to put it, but she's like, yeah, that's wrestling shit. She did come down during the dusty stuff. She loves this. Wife loves Dusty. The American, and we'll be talking about Mr. Dusty Rhodes in a little bit. But th- thank God Jerry's doing better, and hope everything you know works out. Love the King. I mean, me and Chris, our generation knows him as one of the a great fucking heel at first. That also commentated and became the commentator next to Jim Ross. That really represented uh, our youth, I would say. And even though some of it was. Uh, Probably uh, didn't age well, uh, especially when it referenced uh, young dogs, if you will. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We still love them. And then when you get older, you find out this guy was a promoter for one of the first. Them and WCCW kind of started broadcasting their stuff more as a television show and changed the game with a lot of storylines and stuff like that to flesh it out and keep it interesting. One of the smaller promotions was the promoter, one of the biggest baby faces and heels of the 80s, uh, you know, re- wherever he went, and was tough as shit and had some of the best uh, punches. Uh, and just a great, you know, uh, wrestler when it came to uh, in-ring psychology and just understanding that fundamental. So when you get past what we know of him, you know, he's, I mean, he's Ric Flair's age. He's part of that generation of incredible wrestlers and performers chris from the 70s and 80s yeah so like i i give jerry lawler a little bit of a pass because you you know he got a lot of stuff passed into his earphones and also it was very much like hey sable's gonna show her boobs like what (laughs) how do you announce that but as far as wrestling goes uh in the south jerry king lawler uh, well, unless you're from Georgia, it's Tommy Rich. But uh, should he be considered one of the greatest of all time? Like, I mean, he should, but like, he doesn't get enough credit. You don't hear people talk about Memphis. Memphis is a, uh, it's only it's different than kind of all of the other territories wrestling style. It is more brawly. It's more like the Dean, what you see with like Dean Ambrose matches. Um. Even more so than Texas, a lot of times when you go back and watch those old Memphis matches, the empty arena match is is a good example. They but were Jerry, Jerry did that all the time, like trying to bring the realism into wrestling, which fed into well, WWE. Bully and um, I, 
you might agree with this. Bully and Tommy, uh, when they were talking about the King, they said that Memphis kind of was a very similar flavor to ECW for its time. You know, they would do stuff that would be pretty crazy, but they had this really intricate storylines and it was a lot of brawling um, and whatnot. So I, I found that interesting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And also, no one wants to get fake punched by Jerry the King Lawler. Actually, that is the best way to get punched. Unless you're really getting punched. I love Bret Hart's story about like their rivalry. And he's like, you know, Jerry was... Uh, I'll try to do my um, impression. You know, Jerry, a uh, really great wrestler. Loved wrestling with them. Uh, he kind of snug, you know, with his punches. And, uh, you know, if, if he got snug, we would both get snug. And then we were both punching each other. Like, that was le- legitimately what he said. <laughs> Canadians. So, <laughs> just a few words for, you know, a situation like that. Yeah, so my very first Jerry the King Lawler WWF, uh, like, thing I remember. Sucking Brett's was, toes? Yeah, it was the, <laughs> the kiss my foot match. It was either that or the, the when, like, uh, Doink, Dink, and... All of the clowns, oh Survivor Series. It's one of those two, but I definitely remember. But, uh, you know, Jerry the King, he had a match against Michael Cole at WrestleMania. That's all that matters. I love him, but, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. Oh, God. It just, it just sucks because like, Jerry the King Waller is a great fucking wrestler and had all these great matches in Memphis. Well, like... that, you just reminded me, man. I mean. When you talk about belt collectors, yeah, this was when WWF and Crockett were pretty much the two big ones. But Jerry at one point held the Memphis title, the AWA title, and the WCCW title all at the same time. That's pretty uh, impressive, I would say. Yeah, and there was a, the the only reason I think that he didn't get the NWA title is they were afraid that the South would have too much, or this area like Georgia Championship Wrestling, North Carolina, Florida, uh, Memphis, et cetera, would have too much power. And that I because he never really had like the Terry Funk Dory Funk run. Did was he ever even the NWA champion? I don't even think he even got. I don't got think it. so. But he would have been great at it, especially like heel Jerry Lawler is the best. Like Memphis heel Jerry Lawler. Um, well, it's it's really weird to look back on it now because like you know, Andy Kaufman's a douchebag, but at the same time, you're like, well, Jerry Lawler's kind of the heel. He's just beating up this poor skinny guy. <laughs> God, I love that stuff too. <laughs> chopping him. Uh, it also is weird if you're a big Terry, if you're a Terry Funk fan, because like Terry Funk. They had to switch it, and Terry Funk switched it. Baby faces like you took my Lawler, which is fucking great. I mean, there's so much good Jerry the King Lawler stuff. I I wish WWE had put together a good, um, you know, like how they have like the best of Taker, best of Eddie Guerrero, best like. I wish they would do a good one of that with Jerry the King Lawler because they own so much of that footage. But like trying to search back through a lot of that stuff is just rough. Yeah. Especially on Peacock, it was it was it was bad on the WWE Network, but it's it's kind of even worse now. Uh, well, and, and Peacock, and I, I can't find them. Maybe they fucking took them off, or it's in a different section. I don't know why you would change it. But one cool thing they were doing, and they could have condensed it, but whatever. I guess I can fast forward. But they would have feuds, you know, so you could go and relive Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, where 
it starts off with their first interaction at a show in the 80s and then them teaming with each other making like the whole progression up to the wrestlemania they had one with the rock and austin um you know several that like i said i wish they would have just clipped out the actual stuff so i don't have to fast forward through this you know pointless pay-per-view but still it was cool concept and then i couldn't find it anymore so oh okay yeah it does make you it makes me a little sad that they're not doing those full dvd like there's three box set dvds like they did for macho man and uh rick flair and ultimate warrior where there's like here's three things and they you know here's all their good matches and also all this additional commentary like a lot of that stuff was even lost on the network if you didn't have it on dvd like a, the the ultimate savage collection like all the matches are there if you want to find them but like it being like a little complete i don't know that that may just be me being a physical media nerd but uh i don't remember them ever no, I get uploading it. that as one thing right like here's seven hours of macho man just want to see seven hours of macho man you know it will be really good uh <laughs> Until you get to like, you know, him hitting six elbow drops while stink drops from the rafters because it takes a long time. But also, safety first, friends. Absolutely. But I guess getting back down to it after that tangent, good to good to hear Jerry Lawler's doing better. You know? Yeah, hell yeah, dude! I hope Jerry Lawler's at WrestleMania. He's feeling better and he's able to do the pre-show on that. Me too. Um, it would be weird to see a WrestleMania without Jerry Lawler on commentary after all these years at this oh, point. I just got an update. Uh, apparently, Jerry Lawler and Ric Flair are going to have a match at WrestleMania. That sounds a terrible idea. Anyways. They're both uh, in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. <laughs> God. <laughs> in which Rick is going to chop Jerry, and Jerry's going to punch Rick in the eye. They convinced also Rick to do another ladder bump uh, besides the one he did in TLC where he almost killed himself. (laughs) Why did he agree to that? Oh, God. You know know what would be an amazing spot if he had to do that with Jerry Lawler and and Ric Flair? If he wanted to do that spot. If Jerry punched him so hard, Ric Flair went all the way to the other turnbuckle and did the the Ric Flair classic bump where he stumbles out and falls. Let's 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 just go all all the way, okay? We'll get Steamboat. We'll pay him a bunch of money. It's gonna look like a three-way match between the King, Steamboat, and Flair. And then out of nowhere, like someone just whispered in his ear, this match was happening. Terry Funk busts in to the stadium and fucking walks very slowly, of course, to the fucking ring and starts just hitting all of them with chairs and then wins the match. That's my uh, WrestleMania match. Yeah, I feel like Terry Funk, even to this day, would rush out to the ring, just throw shit with, like... You son of a bitch, get the fuck out of my way. Waving around a branding iron. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you remember that time that Iron Sheik won the (laughs) shoot Royal Rumble? Oh my god. Because no one could get him over the fucking thing. Well, they they realized that, like, we can't dump this guy over there, he'll hurt him. No, brother, I'd be good, you jimbron. I'm assuming that he could have went over the top rope, but no one wanted to challenge it, which is pretty fucking funny. I just love that after uh, hearing 
Um, Jim Cornette described that situation that if you rewatch it, he goes, yeah, just me and Bruce Pritchard, who was uh, brother blood or what? No, bro, not brother, brother love. Uh, they were just potatoing each other in the corner. Like they were just t- swinging at each other and just beating the shit out of each other and laughing uh, pretty much the whole time they were in that match. It's like, I ho- and Jim actually gets the better of Bruce Pritchard, which is all, it's, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's the, the hardest thing in the entire world to do is get the better of Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> Uh, right, have you Chris. seen have you seen his camera angles? He's basically a dog looking at like seven squirrels on the lawn. He does kind of have like a golden retriever stupidity <laughs> level to it. And he misses all the important stuff. Uh, you know, that big spear by Edge at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, not this year's, but that, that comeback year. Remember that one? Where it just was gone and didn't exist because there were seventy other camera cuts we needed to have. <laughs> Oy. You know. That's probably uh, the wrestlers' faults, though. They should have yeah. been on time <laughs> for his so, camera cuts. <laughs> so, what the hell is going on with Jay White in New Japan, Chris? Oh, so Jay White, uh, he lost a loser leaves. Japan match against Hikaleo, and his next match is uh, New Japan Strong, which is in uh, was it Sunset Valley, I believe, which will be in California. Um, and he's wrestling uh, Eddie Kingston, which will be a really great match. But it's being promoted by New Japan, so I can't tell if it's a work or not. But his contract is up, so he's and this has been Eddie the question King. for a while. Where is Jay White going to end up? Well, the fact that he's willingly working Eddie Kingston, I would assume AEW, right? Yeah. And uh, it sucks that this didn't happen, like, you know, when when MJF first came back, because MJF, I think, could have been the biggest babyface in the company if he came back as a babyface. Not that he's about heel or anything, but he was just he's just so fucking over in general. Um if he would have had like a Jay White or someone to go against. So I would assume Jay White's going to come back and feud with Kenny. Like if he goes into AEW, uh, but if he goes into WWE, which is actually more interesting to me is if he went to WWE and AJ's like, Hey, aren't you one of them bullet club boys? And they get a little group together and they run through, you know, um, Damian Priest's group. I can't think of their name. And they try to go after the bloodline. That could be fun too. There's a lot of cool storylines for, you know, Jay White, and he's also great. You know what I would love if he just didn't do any of that and just tagged with Chris Bay for forever? Because holy shit, they're a great tag team. I know they kind of like have now positioned Chris Bay with um, another one of our favorites. Uh, God dang it, Purple Hair, Austin, Ace Austin. Yeah, yeah, they've been not not now. that's a that's a poor substitute for Jay White and Chris Bay. Not that Ace Austin, not that they're bad. Just Jay Jay and Chris Bay were fucking great. Like watch that Motor City Machine Guns match with them, and it's amazing. It's not it's not just Motor City Machine Guns being there. They had one against the club. I think they had one against the Briscoes. They they're they're a really good fucking tag team. Um, also, Jay White's just fucking great. So. Yeah, Jay White, it's interesting. 
him coming over here, he could just be transitioning also out. Like now it's he can't go to Japan or whatnot. So it's like it allows him to kind of finish up with strong. You know, they're ping ponging between AEW and Impact like normally. Uh, well, I have actually two of the matches of the next Impact uh, New Japan sh- uh, show, which is going to be awesome. But and then probably over, I could see him going to AEW. You know, he's got a lot of friends over there. He can do his own thing and be a great heel. He can do he could he could come and you know maybe uh, team with uh, or align with um, Adam Cole and maybe do a babyface thing uh, that way. Maybe screw over Adam Cole in the long run or some shit. Uh, to become even more of a heel. But WWE is also a great place, like you said, for all the reasons you said. So it, it'll be interesting to find out what happens. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, uh, what if they, they go all the way to G1? Like, say he goes to AEW, right? They go all the way to G1, and he's Jay Blanco, and he wears a lucha mask. <laughs> Very old school. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would definitely be funny. Like, what was Dusty Rose's uh, Lucha gimmick? The Midnight Rider? The Midnight Rider, man. <laughs> yeah. Do something like that. It was like, hey, he's not allowed here. The Midnight it'd be funny. Rider. That's... It'll, it'll be funny to see. What was the, the... God, more recently, Elias was El Vagabondo on... Um, El Vagabondo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, kind of speaking in that same term, unless you do you want to say anything else about uh, Jay White? No, I mean, he's going where do you want to see him go? Would you rather AEW or WWE? I would rather see him in WWE personally. Because I think he has a lot of upside there. Um, yeah, because there's a chance we'll, we'll, we won't see him enough. I think in AEW, he'll get lost in the shuffle. Unfortunately, that's not my even, worry. It's, they're going to try to put the club back together there. And it's, to no. me, Kenny, Kenny Omega over, overshadows a lot of other people, especially after that match in New Japan. And AEW has a diehard audience anyways for those kind of matches. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, are you going to have him and Kenny feud? And they, we, I've seen their matches before. They're not, I mean, they're, they're good. They're really good, but they're not like, uh, I don't know. I feel like whatever Kenny is coming out of singles wise needs to be something big and they'll try to throw that together if Jay White's there under contract. Unless he goes to Ring of Honor or something, I don't know. Find out about whatever that uh whatever they're doing with that. We're still uh, did they have they made any other announcements, Dane, on what no. that is gonna be? Okay, so because he could just show up and fight Cesaro and and become the Ring of Honor champion and be part of that roster without being actually part of that roster. I mean, yeah, it could definitely happen. <laughs> I don't know. I like Jay White. I hope him for the best. He's uh, young. He's got a lot going for him. I think anywhere he goes, he'll be a great addition to that roster. But should be, you know, not all the way to the heavyweight, but like should be someone taken seriously coming in uh, wherever he goes. And he should not go to NXT. Yeah, Jay White got he got fucked over pretty hard by COVID because at at that time he was like the hottest heel. Yep. Like free agent heel and then everything kind of cooled off and then he went he wasn't able to wrestle in Japan, then he wrestled over in Impact and kind of did a bunch of spot shows. So 
I think he's done a decent job of building himself back up in Japan, but it's not the same thing as like when we were talking about Jay White like a year and a half, two years ago. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, but also since you mentioned, uh, you know, him coming back over here with Strong, uh, I did remember those two. Uh, I think that they're both uh, main events for upcoming Impact New Japan shows. Uh, one of them, and this is going to be on February 24th, uh, is No Surrender from Impact New Japan, and they're having a match call, uh, with Time Machine, which is Kushida and the Motor City Machine Guns, going against Bullet Club with Kenta, um, uh, Ace Austin, almost forgot his name again, and uh, one of one of your favorites, uh, Chris, um, and I'm also blanking on his name. This has been a really good sh- uh Show so far, man. I really should have drank tequila. Is, is Eric is Eric Young in that match? No, 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 no. Um, it's Chris Bay. Chris so, Bay. Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Kenta against Immersion Machine Guns and Kushida. That should be a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, if the if, if Kushida doesn't get a W here, I'm gonna feel really sad. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be uh that would be dope. But there will be a lot of throwbacks, a lot of fun. Um, situations within the match a lot of fast pace action i would say chris um <laughs> also uh, if you're if you're mjf and you want someone to rip someone's arm off and you watch him do that thing to darby why are you not just giving kashida money like how funny would that have been backstage in aw like <laughs> you know mjf offering kashida money and he's like i have no concept of what you're talking about i'm a time traveler <laughs> You can just go back and change it, man. Um, <laughs> but this, so this is, I think, Impact Show for No Surrender. The New Japan Strong Show is March 30th, uh, and their main event, Chris, Multiverse United, Will Osprey, Mike Bailey. That I'm, be not awesome so, I'm, I'm not sold on Speedball. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he's decent, but like I've. We watched some of those big pay-per-views from Impact. This, like, I don't feel like he was the best person in any of the matches I saw him in. The Ultimate X match is one of the big ones that stands out to me. Um, but that's, I, I don't know what Impact signed with him. He, I mean, he's he's like really good. Like he's good. I just don't, I don't, I, I'm just not seeing the full package as far as them getting behind him. I guess. Well. Um, I'll have to agree, disagree, but I've been pretty impressed by Mike Bailey on Impact. Um, also on the same show, Josh Alexander, the champion, is putting the title on the line against Kushida. Hope he loses. Let's go, Kushida. No, I'm kidding. Josh Alexander's retaining that, but let's go, Kushida, regardless. That's still going to be an awesome show, regardless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, know? the. Yeah, it's going to be good matches. Uh, it's cool that they're doing a crossover. It, it kind of forces AEW's hand to do Forbidden Door 2, right? I don't even know what the fuck's... Is, is there an interaction between those two companies anymore? I really legitimately do not know, you know? I mean, they should be, because, like, if not the best match of the year, the second best match of the year was Omega versus Osprey. So they, they need to figure something out. Jesus. Um, but yeah, that should be good. Should we, uh, do you want to go over the, the card since it's in front of me for new Japan battle at the Valley? Like you were talking about with Eddie Kingston, Jay white. 
being one of the main matches? Yeah, it's the big yeah. one. Yeah, and it, I'm still here. confused on how, like, I guess he's just banned from the continent of, or country of Japan, not necessarily New Japan. Japanese wrestling or New Japan wrestling. Yeah, I'm that. Yeah, like I said, maybe he's gonna stick to strong over here, and then that eventually he's going because he goes to AEW, he goes to WWE. What does that mean? He's gonna move regardless. So if he lives over in Australia, or actually he's a Kiwi, I believe, uh, or if he does live in Japan, that's gonna change. So it would make sense for him to kind of settle out with the American New Japan promotion or whatnot. Did we did we talk about this on the last show of what they're trying to do with uh, how they show footage on access and breaking things up? No, I have no idea. Okay, so instead of like doing like live TV tapings, they're gonna do like a really good pay per view and spread that out as episodes of their TV show on access. That makes sense. Where we get New Japan um, strong, and they're gonna do the same thing with the uh, New Japan. Proper, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> New Japan World, I guess. Um, yeah, so they're going to do that. The this is a really good card. There's a lot of good matches on that on the card. But yeah, the, that if you're watching that in the U.S. on say Access TV, it's it's going to be one pay per view spread out. Yeah, which I, I I get why they would do that. I mean, a lot of these matches are extremely long, so kind of emphasize on the highlights of uh, all of them. I've seen them advertise on Impact, and it makes a lot of sense like they were doing the Wrestle Kingdom, like the next, you know, next thing, New Japan. We have Will Ospreay going against Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense to kind of break it up like that. Yeah, there's like one time where they just like, it's it's Kenny Omega versus Okada 2, and you're like, okay, well that's the entire, that's this entire episode. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> they only have, have a match. An hour. Yeah, Okada's going to have a match. Oh, he's going against Tanahashi, uh, defending the belt. That's the next New Japan proper pay-per-view. Yeah, okay, so let's go over the card for the IWGP Women's uh, Championship. Uh, Kari and we get Mercedes Monet. They've worked with each other. This should be a good match, and it it's going to be interesting to find out what they do with Mercedes after this match, Chris. Yeah, uh, I guess it depends on how long she's going to stick around with with those companies because, like, it's California, and they know how to party, as people have told me. And you know, Snoop Dogg, did, does she get a win here? I would say no, but because uh, Carrie Zane just just got that belt, but. You could make an argument if she's going to stick around with that company for a while to put the, the belt on her. Yeah, you got to kind of justify it based on what Mercedes is doing. I hope but, that now that they're in more Carrie's uh, zone, that she's like, I'm not letting you do that dumbass thing where you jump off with your knees and there's no way for me to protect myself or you to protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also I'm going to chop the shit out of you. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that I mean they should be able to just do a WWE style match if they want, but it'll be interesting to see how 
Mercedes Monet or Sasha Banks, whatever you want to call her in this situation, will adapt to what I would assume would be a 15, 20 minute title match in the main event, right? Because they're main eventing that card. Yeah, it's wild, man. Uh, I don't know, but this should be a really fucking good match. Um, These are two of the best female wrestlers on the planet. So, I mean, the match quality, we don't have to worry about. It's just wondering what's going to happen with, I keep on wanting to say Sasha, Mercedes going forward. Um, it's so, so weird yeah. to call her Mercedes, though, because there's other female wrestlers. I, I'm, Yeah, that one bothers It's not even that her actual, her actual name is Mercedes, right? Yep. Yeah, it, there's just, there's been other wrestlers named Mercedes, and I, you know, Sasha Banks is way better than they are, so it's kind of hard to do that disassociation in your brain. Yeah, um, I, I didn't even realize there's two pre-show matches and they even look pretty cool. Alex Coughlin uh, against Jared Kratos uh, and then David Finley is going against Bobby Fish. Those should be fucking cool uh, opening matches, especially Finley and Fish. Yeah, how much time are they going to give them? Because they would just wrestle all night if they just let them run wild. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> They'd just be doing uh, shoot-style British wrestling for 18 hours. Uh, yeah, no, both those matches should be pretty good. All right, then we got Fred Rosser versus Kenta. I don't know about much about Fred. This is for the uh, strong open weight, which is different than the New Japan open weight. But, you know, it, it's, it's crazy, these kids. But um, I, I've seen Fred wrestle, I'm pretty sure, but... Kenta kicks really fucking hard. Hopefully he doesn't kill his face. I don't really know. Kenta is a wrestler that would have been well-deserved of going to AEW. I, I think he's... I really have not liked his uh, his New Japan run. When when they turned him heel and uh, they were going to give him a big push... Or it seemed like they were going to give him a big push and COVID happened. Uh, his in-ring stuff has been kind of bad. So I, I don't have high hopes on this match being good. Uh, and he also just got clotheslined. Uh, he just got Rainmaker to death in that last New Japan uh, for wrestling pay-per-view. So I'm assuming he's going to get a win here over Rosser. But... All right. We have Mascara Dorado, Josh Alexander, and Adrian Quest, and Rocky Romero going against Kushida. Uh, Volador Jr., Kevin Knight, and the DKC in an eight-man tag team random as fuck match. Um, who is Ma- Mascara Dorado? Is that? Oh, that's uh, that, that's uh, Grand Metalik. So I knew that that it sounded familiar. So uh, that should be a fucking crazy spot fest and interesting. Josh Alexander's in this as well. Yeah, that's an interesting match. Which which. Josh Alexander is teaming with who? Because I got I don't have the list in front of me. So it's Grand Metalik, Josh Alexander, Adrian Quest, which I don't know, Rocky Romero going against uh, Volador Jr., Kushida, Kevin Knight, and the DKC. Yeah, poor Kevin Knight's taking the pin on this one. I'm, they're pushing Rocky Romero because he also has a title in uh, Mexico right now, I believe. And he's also one of the main dojo trainers and Josh Alexander. Uh, yeah, that's a, this should be a really fun match, though. I hope that Kushida just shows up and just starts dragging people in the middle of the ring. 
Yeah, it's also nice seeing Grand Metalik now going by Mascara Dorado uh, involved in New Japan. That's interesting. It's been so long since we heard him called that. that when you said that, it was like, uh, okay. I did the same thing to myself. <laughs> uh, for the now, because we need another fucking title, uh, New Japan World Television Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. is going against Clark Connors. Zack's keeping that title, but that should be a good match, man. Everything I've seen from Clark Connors has been impressive so far. Yeah, they're going to try to kill each other and drop each other on each other's necks a lot, but that should be a really good match. I would assume that Zach's going to retain it because I think the setup would be him and Daniel, Brian Danielson down the line. There's so many people that want to work with him um, in AEW and Ring of Honor, I guess, depending on what side of the roster you look at. But because I know Samoa Joe's also said he wants to work with him. So oh, yeah. Samoa, Samoa Joe is the uh, king of TV. Maybe he's gonna. That's go like after. a gorilla with a fucking snake wrapped around his hand. Like what the like? You just be waving Zack Saber Jr. trying to like get him off his arm or some shit. Like the hell is this thing? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, Samojo is a scary guy. He also seems like a really nice guy, but super scary. Well, he does that eye, man. Eesh, scariness. Um, so this one, this one uh, should be good. Most of machine guns uh, with the uh, New Japan strong. Um, Tag team titles are going against the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs. I got to be honest with you, Chris. I don't know the latter team, but I'm assuming the Motor City Machine Guns still stay uh, double champs after this match. Somewhere Alex Shelley is disappointed that he's going to be a champ after this match. (laughs) No, he's already a champ. He's got the fucking these belts and he's got the, the impact tag belts. Yeah, you know, he, he does like four weeks and then he just wants to go paint or whatever. <laughs> I'm saying he, he'd just rather drop the belt. Um, no, I mean, all joking aside, you, you would think Motor City Machine Guns. I would assume they're going to do some sort of Ring of Honor tag tournament thing. And you have to have the Motor City Machine Guns there, right? Absolutely. They're definitely, they're definitely getting a lot of attention lately. It's like people forgot the Motor City Machine Guns were good. And I get it because they just didn't do anything for a long time. And Chris Saban was a singles wrestler. And Alex Shelley just uh, decided he wanted to just be Alex Shelley for a while, which is great. (laughs) But uh, Motor City Machine Guns are fucking great. (laughs) They're a great tag team. One of the best of this generation, man. Or this last generation, I should say. Triple H tried to sign him and Kushida to a tag team, tag team deal last time he was in NXT. You remember that? Short yeah, run. Alex was like, you can't tame this stallion. And then he ran. <laughs> yeah, he was like, fuck, fuck all that. <laughs> all right. Um, next match. What the fuck is Filthy Rules? Tom Filthy Lawler is going against Homicide. This sounds nuts. I've seen Tom Lawler drag... Ken Shamrock around a bar and then saw his dumb ass get swirlied by Ken Shamrock in the match, almost drowned in a toilet. Um, so <laughs> homicide, you crazy. I love Tom Lawler though. Fucking great, man. It should be fun. What are filthy rules, Chris? Uh, I'm assuming it's whatever Tom comes up with before the match. I'm uh, this is a no DQ match. I'm assuming. Uh, Ten, is Thomas going to kill him? 
I don't know. Is he going to show up with the Hitman gear? No, that's Loki that is the Hitman gear, right? Well, now now I want to see Loki in action. Uh, no, uh, nah, I mean, Tom's going to... Tom's a big part of New Japan strong, so I'm assuming Tom's going to win. But uh, that will be interesting. Right. Are they just going to roll around? Or are they just going to roll around and do UFC holds on each other, and that's the filthy rules? Is it going to be Maybe. like a pride? Is a pride match? There's going to be like 18 rules announced right before the match. <laughs> they can get some judges too. You know, see what Rampage is doing. I'm sure he'll come out and judge it. Have fun in the front. Did you see Filthy Tom kind of popping off on uh, MJF? No. So, yeah, he did not like the uh, the MJF promo so much, and I think it was more of a shoot, uh, not necessarily. He called it. He called it cheap bullshit heat. Basically, it was. You know, you can go look at it, look it up on Twitter. But yeah, Tom Waller was didn't seem like he was a huge fan. Well, you know, I, I get it. It's definitely uh, some. It was some aggressive stuff, but we'll we'll get to it. I think a lot of people were turned off by that whole thing. Um, you know, but uh, the next match we talked about it: Kingston White. Singles match. This should be awesome. Uh, I think it's going to be very telling if Eddie Kingston beats Jay White. Yeah, because there's no way that Jay... Well, if Kingston just beats him, you would think Jay White's going to WWE or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Or he's just completely done. Yeah, I I agree with you. This should be a good fucking hell of a match, though. Um, Jay White's really good at brawling, so that'll be a fun fun match for Eddie Kingston. Not that Eddie Kingston's not, like, good. He, he's like Dean Ambrose, like John Moxley or Dean Ambrose. Like, they can do all that chain wrestling stuff, but it's more fun when they just get out there and beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, no one wanted to see fucking Stan Hansen have a technical masterpiece with fucking Billy Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wanted him to go out there and just knock fucking Vader's eye out of his head. Yeah. Or accidentally break Bruno's neck. God damn it, Stan. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, it's not my fault. I can't see. Could you imagine, like, Stan <laughs> Hansen? If I make a Stan Hansen character at this new WWE game, he's going to have glasses on. I'm like, now everyone is doomed. <laughs> now, now I'm no. really accurate. <laughs> I can see what I'm doing. I just love that video of just how nonchalant Leon is. And he's like, God damn it, Stan. You knocked my eye out of my face. He's like holding, trying to fucking bulge it back into his head. Yeah. Oh Vader just low key pushing his eye back into his head. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. But, All right. I like I like that's the thing that got Vader like did that's not the thing that made Vader hate wrestling. It's Shawn Michaels being like, You're an idiot. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yep. Okada, Tanahashi. We've seen this match a lot. I love Tanahashi, but I definitely think his knees are, like, on their way out. So this will be a fun match, but I'm going to assume right now not only Okada's going to win, but we've probably seen a better version of this match in the past. So, But it's always great to see the two of them have matches. Every time I say I've seen a better version of it, like, they decide for no reason they're just going to go all out. Uh, no, no pun intended for pay-per-view. So uh, it'll be a good match regardless. T- 
Tanahashi will drag even a or no Okada will drag Tanahashi's limbless body to a good match if necessary, but it should be a really good match. And that's it. Uh, I just thought about a, a fantasy match I would have loved. Could you imagine Lawler versus Lawler? You know what I'm saying? Like Filthy Tom Lawler against like Memphis, Tennessee, Jerry Lawler back in the day. <laughs> oh. Filthy Tom would just be bumping all over the ring and so excited that he's in there. with. So it would just be great promos too, back and forth. Two cocky guys that are, you know, just don't give a shit. Fucking the king comes out with his crown and coat in Memphis, and he's got his singlet on, and Tom Lawler comes out in booty shorts. Comes out in booty shorts, steals the crown, and literally takes a shit in it and sends it back to Jerry Lawler in a box. <laughs> That's like, that yeah, kind of so. sums up Tom Lawler. <laughs> he's filthy. All right. Um Let's get to this good stuff. This fucking coat this guy named Cody Rhodes. You ever heard of him? He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's giving me the reminder, the, the, no, he, he's making me remember Sting basically from back in the day, but then he gets on the mic and he's like, oh yeah, this is definitely Dusty's son. My God, I am just completely enthralled by what he's saying. And it, I, as, as dumb as it is, it's, it is kind of like the South Park episode of wrestling, but in a, I mean, these guys if this was like a two-man act, I'd watch it on fucking Broadway between him and um, Paul Heyman, Chris. <laughs> Paul Heyman's low-key trying to take over this corporation once it gets sold. <laughs> as the new president. All He's of the doing big a good angles, job of it. Yeah, all the big angles related around Paul Heyman are good. Um, no, this is a really great promo from both, both sides. Like, I thought, you know, Paul Heyman... Um, kind of telling the story about Dusty and Cody telling the story about his dad and how he wanted to become an actor and not a wrestler and uh, they didn't have any money and going to you know Paul called Dusty up and was like hey you think you could do this shitty TNT show <laughs> Chief Thousands also uh, I might be on set for Rollerball remember that movie that was a thing uh, <laughs> uh, he paid him that that was the craziest part is I thought the <laughs> joke was going to be like <laughs> you got because everyone always talks about how Paul Heyman stiffed him. And he's like, no, nah, he paid he paid Dusty. <laughs> and they have this well, really sweet conversation, like a really respectful conversation back and forth until Paul Heyman, the dastardly villain at the very end, is like, he said, you're his favorite son. <laughs> But he said if he could pick any son ever, it'd be Roman Reigns or something to that effect. You're like, God, there he is. There you are, Paul. You got there. Dude, he roasted him Sorry. at the end with that, man. And he literally took the mic, looked at like Cody like, oh, did that hurt your feelings? Took the mic, lifted it, mic drop, and then kind of had a dance up until Cody getting in his face and fucking grabbing him, you know, and saying like, you know, I just want to win a championship. Like, you know, but if you want to make it personal, we can make it personal. But it's not going to be between me and you. It's going to be between me and the man you represent. And, dude, I mean, it was gripping television. It was awesome. I love that Cody at the beginning made sure to emphasize the elephant in the room with Sammy. Put him over. This is very intelligent if, if he wants to keep his heat while Sammy has his. So it's not start 
you know, have the effect of people going against Cody. Um, but yeah, I said, there's a good chance I'm going to be going against Sammy and let the best man win and kind of had that attitude. And when Paul came out, it just, it was a lot of emotion. Um, apparently, uh, from what wrestling observers said that they, this wasn't supposed to happen. Um, Paul was not supposed to be on raw. This was presented, I think by Paul to Cody and they worked on this. Um, and you know, that's the, the, the effect is what we saw basically in the ring. And I love the story, like you said, and I loved hearing perspectives on busted open from Tommy, who was a part of that angle. And, you know, this is kind of similar to how you see how Ric Flair felt in the early two thousands until undertaker worked with them at mania. And then Sean and triple H really got in this perspective, like you're fucking Ric Flair Tommy and a lot of the guys at ECW had to really make Dusty realize you're fucking Dusty Rhodes. And that match with Steve Carino would would then have Dusty, you know, after ECW forming MLW and having the basically the ending of his wrestling career besides stuff here and there and WWE and stuff. But like really, you know, he, he had no confidence in himself. He felt ashamed that he couldn't help his family out. And Paul actually... <laughs> helped out a wrestler when he needed the most. And you could tell like when, when, when Paul says, damn it, Cody, like I loved your father, you know, but this is not about your father. This is about you. And really that's a, a very important thing. We need to bounce off of this being about dusty. And it's fine if Cody wants to fulfill the destiny of his father that he did not get, but this has to be about Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns. And I thought they fucking they they did perfect uh, explaining it, putting it out there. The ending with Paul still being that weasel, <laughs> that fucking piece of shit right at the end. And it's going to be it's great, man. Great television. What they did last night. We'll talk a little bit about it uh, with Sammy and Paul was also perfect. This is really shaping up. And two of the main storylines have two of the biggest baby faces on separate shows against Roman Reigns and his councilman, Paul Heyman. And it's great. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, I, I think he did a good job of getting out of the Sammy. Like, look, this is the WrestleMania match. Like, the way he introed the, uh, he's like, hey, look, you know. But by the end, he's like, you guys want to see me fight Roman, right? Paul Heyman, did he piss you guys off enough? Paul Heyman might be the greatest manager of all time. Yeah, I, I think so, man. I think it's I think it's it's a situation kind of like, you know, obviously uh, Bobby's not here anymore, but, um, you know, you ask Shawn Michaels, who's the, who's the greatest wrestler or Austin, and both of them will say Ric Flair. You ask Ric Flair and he's probably going to say Shawn Michaels. I think that. If you ask Paul Heyman, he's going to say Bobby Heenan, but he really, I think, has he, – I think he surpassed Cornette and Heenan, man. I really do. I mean, even his family, as, as far as all the people, all the stars he's represented now, it's fucking impressive. He's one of the best on the mic, yeah, too. It's also top level, like, just being at the very top as a manager, which you don't see – like, we haven't seen in a very long – I guess Jim Cornette with the – uh, Midnight Express, but it's it's not very often you see a manager that's at the very tippy top. 
Unless you consider like Bischoff a manager, I guess, during WCW days. Not many people can say that they've managed Steve Austin, that they managed, Punk. you know, <laughs> CM Punk, uh, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle. Um, these are like some of the best <laughs> in certain parts of some of their best parts of their career, you know. And now Roman Reigns to throw off that whole entire thing. It's it's pretty fucking impressive. It kind of makes you wonder what it would have been like if they gave Paul Raymond's or Paul, not Paul, <laughs> Paul Reigns, uh, Paul Heyman the book on Raw, like officially mm-hmm. gave him the book when he yep. had start. Like you wanted to push, you wanted to push Ricochet, you wanted to push um, Aleister Black. Um, like it would, he was doing the same thing he did when he, you know, was in charge of SmackDown in the mid two thousands. Build some guys up. And from there, we got who? Oh, I don't know. Edge, Eddie Guerrero. You know, all these guys were elevated because of Paul Heyman in 2003, 2004. You know? Yeah. Well, he did a really good job without having the official title, I guess. I'm assuming he got paid the same amount because it's Paul Heyman. So I'm assuming he's got paid the same amount. But, like, uh, man, when they put him and Roman together, that was it was just fucking money. Like... But yeah, this was not supposed to happen. This interaction did so much for everything going forward, and Paul wasn't even supposed to be on Raw. Him and Cody thought of this. So, you know. And and not only that, like, I'm sure Vince would have gone with this, but, like, they presented to Triple H probably happens a hell of a lot quicker than them presenting this to Vince McMahon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like, you're going to have like a four-minute match of a, uh, with two people no one cares about, or we could just have extra time on this promo. And Triple H was like, that exactly. sounds good. Yeah. Triple H. I'm Triple H. Um, it was amazing. This is a great, this is a great, this reminded me of when opening promos were really good and they meant something and built to something versus yeah, that- like, years and years of like, Hey, here's an opening promo. No one cares. And they did this at the, the, the beginning of the nine o'clock hour. So they didn't even have to start off with this. They had a good opening segment, but this is one of the best, you know, talking segments that you would see lead raw back in the day. You know, it really just had a lot to it. Oh, yeah. I should have just, I should have said an hour early. My bad. But yeah, like just to lead into like the, the next hour or whatever, but, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Paul Heyman, um, Paul Heyman is really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he really is. I want to know what's with Kevin Owens. Whose side is he on, Dane? Is he going to come back like fucking Hulk Hogan? Do you want me to tell you my prediction of what's going to happen in Montreal? Kevin Owens is going to screw Sami Zayn. <laughs> No. Oh, my God. That would be crazy. What I really think happens, and this might be a bit predictable, um, but to emphasize things going forward, because I think Sammy and Roman are going to have an awesome match. Um, I think there's going to be something that happens, whether a ref bump or whatever, very predictable, but Sammy's going to get a count on Roman, but no one's going to be there to count it. Um, I do think that we're going to have Jimmy Uso get involved solo, uh, and then we have maybe J- Jay comes out and 
Jay ends up fucking over Sami Zayn. KO rushes to help. They still get the better of them. Uh, Roman gets maybe the win throughout this, but maybe Cody comes out to help out, um, even though they're overwhelmed and it'll just be the the bloodline with these three men down on the ground, defeated, you know, kind of going forward. Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso against KO and Sammy for the tag titles will be built from that. And then we will full on go Cody and Roman going forward. That's, I think, I know it sounds predictable, but. You know, predictability is not bad in certain situations. We said that about the Rumble, and I, I kind of see that forming um, post-elimination yeah. chamber. I would do something different, but it, I could. That's the yeah, that's the easiest route to go. I would almost just make Kevin Owens come back as like a Steve Austin and just attack everybody, regardless. It would be He's cool. like, you, you didn't save me that hard. You you did let me get murdered like five times before you decided to yeah. cheer. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know. I mean, he got super kicked a lot in the face <laughs> and kicked and kicked and kicked. It took the chair to be like, okay, I think he doesn't have any brain cells left, guys. Maybe we shouldn't do this, Roman. And then Sammy got involved. Uh, this is this is the point of the podcast where I'm going to shit on Jim Cornette a little bit here. Look, Jim, just say it's okay to just say Kevin Owens had a good match, even if you don't like him as a person. It's okay. You don't have to like find ways to insult him as a person while saying he's having a good match. Just say he had a good fucking match. He's like, he had a good match with Roman. Just, just fucking say that. You don't have to go out of your way to be like, he's a little overweight or whatever. It's like, fight. Have you heard this podcast where he's breaking down this Royal Rumble match? Yeah, he put over him, but he also, you know, has to make comments about, yeah, that's, uh, that's Jim. That's Jim for you. Um, I don't just, know, man. Just say you had a good, just said, either say you had a good match or a bad match. I just don't get it. It's like he has no, it, I guess it's the personal interaction because it's not like he hates on Bam Bam Bigelow any, anytime he's brought up. You know, Jim's always like talks highly of him and like it will get to the point where he puts over Kevin with his with his wrestling. He just he goes back to the arguments they must have had in Ring of Honor and they both don't have the best things to say about each other. But I've heard also at the same time, Kevin put over Jim Cornette as a, you know, person in charge or a wrestling mind. But if you get them in a room, they're both going to start cussing each other out, I would say, within the next, the, the first five minutes. Yeah, but there's never like any like shoot promos of Kevin Owens being like this fucking cuck sprung drinking some bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I <laughs> he had a good match with. It's fine. Just leave it at that. Like, he's like, I I, I just don't get this. I, I'm glad that Dax Hardwood or Dax Dax also. We didn't talk about this in the news segment, but that's that's also kind of news where he he took a shot. That was definitely just aimed at Jim Cornette <laughs> as a guy. But I think he said it very eloquently. You know, the older minds that like me are probably not going to be happy with me saying this. But if you're not watching Orange Cassidy, you're not watching enough of him. If you think that he's a bad wrestler, because, you know, for this reason, this reason and this reason. And I like Dax for that, man. I mean, he. I think he's straight up. Uh, I, that's why I've enjoyed his podcast. I think it's weird that we're talking about events from two years ago. But 
hey man, Connor's got to keep on making these fucking shows, <laughs> or Conrad, I should say. <laughs> and if they're gonna want to do it, they got you know they got to break until April before they make their big decision. So somewhere, you know. Orange Cassidy is just doing the little thumbs up he does, in <laughs> um, appreciation yeah, like, for that. Yeah, I just don't like Brian. Last went out of his way to put over Kevin Owens after Jim buried him, which kind of shows you like how that match actually went. Yeah, it seems Kevin, like Kevin Owens sell, sold everything. <laughs> it's kind of like when Brian starts, I think that after a while he just kind of gives up, but like puts over, you know, a woman wrestler or, or this, or tells Jim like, you know, you should really watch her. I feel like when I completely start trailing off from my opinion of listening to Jim, you know, and, and his way of thinking, Brian last are my like, positive thoughts that I would try to say <laughs> in that type of conversation, I guess, a lot of times, like, you know, you're not really giving this person credit, you know, blah, 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 and blah. Like he says nice things about Ricochet now, which is crazy. So I guess Jim's changing to some extent. I don't know. Well, I came back around on Randy Orton like three years ago. Can he not come back around on Kevin Owens at this point? Is it that it was it that bad? I mean, he did have the song that said somebody called Jim Cornette. I think he might. Hey, be mad I at mean, me. here's the thing, though. It's at least he likes his work and admits he's a good worker. Like Kenny Omega, that whole fucking thing still bothers me. Um, yeah. Yeah. What is that? I mean, oh, they, they both got personal and they both have really gone after each other. And it's Jim never hates get good. Jim hates Canadians. He'd probably find a way to shit on a really good Owen Hart match. That's what that's, that's what I'm gathering out of this, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing, but it's definitely. Uh, he, it's he just it's he just he's like finds a way to put over what they're doing, but then like shit on the way they look or something. It's like you do realize you're Jim Cornette, right? <laughs> But when he's saying their look, he's talking about a presentable wrestler. You know what I'm saying? He's not talking about it on his end. So I, I get what he says on that. But anyways, let's get back to, to Monday Night Raw. We went on our little cornet tangent, but I agree with you. Just That's why he's got Brian to fucking outlast him. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. I, 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 one more thing before we go with Jim Cornette, like, look, I, lo- I love a lot of his opinions. I think he has a very old school mind, but this whole, like just bashing on like Sammy and Kevin because of shit that happened in like 2012, let it go, buddy. It's been 10 years. I don't, I don't know. But the thing is I didn't work with Sammy and Kevin or think to know of them when they were pains in the asses. So I don't know if he really needs but to, he, put, he puts them over his workers so why are we worried about if he's if if personal stuff that actually happened that they also express disinterest on him, you know? Because I, because he buries their matches indirectly by doing that. He never buries their matches though. I listen to him constantly. I've not heard anything except for him putting over Sammy and Kevin Owens for the last several months. Uh, well, I don't know. He kind of buried that room and. Kevin match to me, in my opinion, especially because uh, Roman D in the ring fast enough for that moonsault. He buried that one pretty hard, but um, well, it's it, it is what it is. I, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fucking great. So you know, if you 
I, I just get really annoyed because a lot of people just live and die by the Jim Cornette version of who's good and who's it's like these guys have been really good for a really fucking long time. <laughs> I by wish everyone standards. across the board would stop giving a fuck so much about other people that were either a part of the industry in the past and aren't a part of the industry now or have never been a really a part of the wrestling industry in general because we've given a lot more clout to their opinions going forward uh, on modern wrestling uh, when none of them usually are actual wrestlers, especially throughout the modern process. So that's my yeah, thing yeah. with fans yeah. in general. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I agree with you on that. It's just, I, I just don't understand why he, he just gets so pissed off for no reason. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's going to have a heart attack on fucking, I don't want that to happen, but you know what I'm saying? He does get that being angry. said, I, I, I do love the Jim Cornette podcast, but I do find myself just listening to him talking about deers in his backyard for the most part, <laughs> skipping through a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> there was something that really <laughs> pissed me off that he said, and I was going to go off on it last time, but I don't remember. So I guess it's not really worth trying to like dig up. Uh, I just sometimes I, I just, you know, he's in the past and. My biggest thing is that he won't watch everything and then complain if he doesn't understand what happens on another episode. Like, he will have said that he fast-forwarded through stuff, so that's the type of shit that really fucking frustrates me. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will call him out on this, because if you watched the Will Ospreay Kenny Omega match and you thought that was good, and he did put it over as being good, but you didn't think any of the Okada Omega matches are good, you're fucking... Full of shit. <laughs> the Omega I think he, only, I think he only watched the first one, and that was the one. You know, Kenny Omega. This guy. I, I want to get out of uh, Jim Cornette. Let's let's leave this whole entire conversation. Yeah, yeah, yes. That being said, we we love Jim Cornette on this podcast. He is just Jim Cornette, or I love Jim Cornette. I should say, we, but he is just he's just corny to be corny. Yes, in in some regards, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a similar thing to Dave. Like, I love Dave. Sometimes he says stuff I don't agree with. You know, I just feel like everyone gives people too much attention to their opinions in general. In a world where you and Brian Alvarez are the uh, median. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Brian and Brian, they should do a show together. No, I was talking about you and Brian, Dave and Brian. We get, get you two together. Why? Why are you working with me? <laughs> what? What? How? How do we get that started? That would be interesting. I want to actually have a show in a couple of years where we have Brian Alvarez and Brian Lass have conversations of what it was like to be the co-host and wrangle in personalities like Dave Meltzer and 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 Jim Cornette. That would be an interesting podcast, honestly. Yeah, when when, when Brian Alvarez is just eventually done with Dave's shit, which is uh, seems like it happens every episode. <laughs> let's talk real quick about this and then brian just realizes this talk real quick is going to be 20 minutes of stuff that we weren't going to talk about beforehand all right well uh technically it's your show dave so (laughs) yeah he's like oh well i guess we're doing your show but then he just buries him the next day on his radio show so it's eh Maybe, maybe uh, we'll try to get Brian. <laughs> How much does one of his cameos cost? Get 30 seconds of him burying Dave. <laughs> Just bury Dave. <laughs> he would, he would I, I love laugh. Dave. <laughs> he 
He would read it, laugh, oh. and then talk about the how you would actually have to bury a Dave, you know, just for 30 seconds or whatever. It's it's easy to forget how old fucking Dave Meltzer is at this point. <laughs> he was friends with like, Luthez. <laughs> yeah. For Christ's sakes. He's an old guy, and his opinions of wrestling have probably changed. And, like, his rating system, whatever. <laughs> like, Siskel and Ebert's rating system hey, wasn't Brian, always Hey, Brian, I perfect. think I'm going to create a seven star. <laughs> I think I figured yeah, out how like, I can do that. Great, Dave. So, like, like, don't break down so much what Dave says all the time. He, he has a lot of ins, and he gives good information. These crazy but, uh, Twitter people, though, get obsessed with these people's <laughs> words. And then you have these idiots in the industry that it's like they're like, oh, yeah, since I have opinions, they're the correct ones. And then they spread out their bullshit. And then you have people like Ryan Satin and Sean Ross Sapp and other people that can kiss my ass, which it's like <laughs> I love that you guys can find out information before anyone, but you're kind of douchebags at the same time. And you really think your shit doesn't stink because you're invited to press conferences after wrestling events. But. Where CM Punk fights people. I wish CM Punk would have fought. <laughs> Nick Houseman, like the <laughs> nicest, even though he's a douche, the nicest one. Like I don't even know what to do. Like he was so scared for his life during that. Oh, Bro, what a you, pussy! Could you, you imagine if Punk went back and listened to all of our podcasts and decided? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. If he asked, to call, man, I don't want to get my ass kicked out. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably give him your address. You know, I'd be like, "Fuck around and find out." I'll catch this lawsuit real quick. That's what I would do. Again. <laughs> oh Lord, can a whoop ass? I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, can a can a lawsuit whoop ass? I ain't trying to fight <laughs> CM Punk and IRL, bro. I know he could take me. He's this dude's trained. Like he did have professional fights. Like I don't like you know unless I have like a like a Jacques Rougeau like roll of quarters in my back pocket or something. Like appreciate sure trying Punk's to get down to my kid. <laughs> I'm just gonna take take that L and get that lawsuit, which is. I thought it was funny that Brian Alvarez was like, what did I say? He was the only one out of all. Brian Alvarez is the real G is what I'm getting at. Brian Alvarez don't give a fuck. And that's the one thing. (laughs) He sometimes annoys me because I feel like, once again, another person that has very hardened opinions and kind of presents it as these are true no matter what. Solo Monster is another person like that. But Brian has a lot of credibility, so it's understandable. And when it comes down to it, he doesn't give a fuck. Well, Sometimes he does, because he'll bitch about people on Twitter. But most part, he doesn't give a fuck about your opinion. And he, he doesn't give a fuck about Dave's opinion. He's going to just present his. And I appreciate that about him. Yeah, it had been funny with it with us in that press conference if they would have called, you're a wrestling against lions. Do you have something to say, CM Punk? <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're like, you would have like, just grabbed my chest and be like, Chris, let me talk. <laughs> Yeah, you would have like been trying like I would have been trying to like keep you from uh from asking a question like no, that's not a good idea, man. We don't need this heat. Just, just lay low. Like- CM Punk, what do you think about Ken Shamrock <laughs> saying on one of our past interviews? We'll uh, send it to you. <laughs> that you're he basically bullshit. called you out. He, he, he actually got he he actively got mad at the host of the show just by your name being mentioned. <laughs> It's okay. Um, 
Oh, Jesus Christ. That was such a fucking... I, I, you handled that that so well, man. That's all I gotta say. I was scared. I, I, I was... Ken, Ken handled it well. He was like, I just hate this guy now. <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to know what it was like. <laughs> I was like talking to him from... about 50 Cent. And like... <laughs> I just was like, hey, this is a cool concept. I get someone that started in pro wrestling, but no, started in collegiate wrestling... Went to pro wrestling, became an MMA god, and then went back to pro wrestling and then back to MMA. Like, what's the difference between, you know, in your mind, going from having to wanting to kill someone in order to win to, you know, and I brought up the fact that CM Punk said it was a it was very different. And CM Punk! Ah! Why, why haven't we got this match yet? Why haven't we got this fucking match between CM Punk and Ken Shamrock? I was more worried about, like, you versus Shamrock, not Punk versus Shamrock. Jesus, he um, uh, he was a really good guest up until there. I, I don't know. That's his trigger word. If you guys ever meet Ken Shamrock in public, do not bring up CM Punk. Apparently, he does not think that CM Punk shouldn't be MMA in general. <laughs> That being said, Ken Shamrock I, I, for WWE Hall of Fame. I think he should definitely I, be put in this. I thought it was going to be. I thought when I I dragged out the actual shoe fight in Japan against Suzuki, I thought that was going to be the thing that like tilted him, but not <laughs> just the mention of C. <laughs> yeah, a guy that <laughs> legitimately beat him three different times. That's okay to talk about. I like Suzuki. He's a good guy. We got. Saki two days ago. And he was like, I'll fight him right now. I'll fight him, shoot, <laughs> work, whatever you want. <laughs> I, got like, All right. I got the opposite of Ken Shamrock. You guys, if you're listening to this now and you have not heard this interview with Ken Shamrock, it's really it's a, it was a it's good a, interview. It's a, it's a good interview. Just you know if you want to Dane, know what it sounds like when Dane thinks that the <laughs> guest has has gone against him and is very <laughs> troubled because it's never happened. Listen, to that <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, damn, Ken, Ken is mad at Dane. <laughs> and also, he's the world's most like dangerous man. What is his moniker? <laughs> like, I was like, I don't need to all this Shamrock showing man. up. <laughs> yeah, like, like, look, me. You... yeah, look, Ken, we know you're a bodyguard for 50 sometimes, but like, please, <laughs> we don't. We don't need the smoke. <laughs> he was mad. I don't know what. Maybe CM Punk said something to him or something like it, like offish or. It's in a, it's like it's I made a sexual comment know. about Ryan's Shamrock, Chris. Yeah, th- there must there must have been some there. There has to be something more there because all you did was ask an innocent question about like uh, you're like with all of the. Uh, because the way you let it up is like you were like one of the first people to start mixing in MMA and wrestling in the United States. And uh, CM Punk is kind of trying to transfer, like, how would you feel about like a Bret Hart or an Owen Hart? And then he just buried you on the CM Punk thing and then talked about how good the hearts were. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was like all of my follow up <laughs> questions. He was giving like little detail to you. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just passing it to my co-host. Because fuck this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was the answer. That was the next question. I said, do you think that people like Kurt Angle, Bret Hart, technical wrestlers would have translated well into UFC? Yeah, I think any wrestler could do that. Oh, okay. Well, thank. That's that was a great answer. You guys got to check it out though. It's a it's a fun interview. After that, 
Check out my best interview of all time with Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and coincidentally enough, it was about him going in the Hall of Fame. Like I said, with all this said, Ken Shamrock should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be one of the guys announced uh, for, for WrestleMania, I think, he, personally. Yo, Ken Shamrock is a great guy. He just doesn't like you. <laughs> That's all <laughs> God, Ken, please, if I could just never get beaten up by you and Frank, I'm sorry. I like you. It's your fault you had a bad interview with Ken Shamrock. I asked him about Minoru Suzuki. It was fine. I just mentioned CM Punk, man. I just mentioned Like, going into the interview, I was like, should I ask him about Suzuki? You're like, don't do it, dude. It's going to be like a whole tilt. And you ask him about CM Punk, and it's like the exact opposite. (laughs) He was like, fucking CM Punk. I love Ken. Ken's great. Uh, all right, well, Can we get more Ken Shamrock? I, I want you, I want him to come on the show again so that you can apologize. <laughs> I ain't apologizing to shit. I'll fucking cut a promo on his ass at that point. Uh, yeah. No, no, you won't. <laughs> Probably won't. But I'm just saying. Yeah. You don't want for the sake of this conversation. I will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, for the sake of this conversation, I got your back, dude. Harlem Heat. Let's go. <laughs> just lied to me. You'd straight up run. Yes, dude, I'm a heel. Uh, we're walking down the street. A car drives up right in front of us. It's Frank Shamrock, Shamrock and Ken Shamrock jump Kong. out of it. I'm going to get my ass kicked, and you're going to be I have, And I don't blame you. Do I have anything in my hand? Because if I have anything in my hand, I will at least throw something before I run. That's a distraction. Oh, my God. This shit's off the, off the rails, but a great story. Uh, Ken Shamrock's great. We we almost had him back uh, back for another interview. We need to get him back on the show again. We need him in a. Uh, <laughs> hey, actually, someone presented this. I don't know what's going to happen. This is a good idea with Ken Shamrock, though. I have no idea what's going to happen with Bobby Lashley and and Ken Sh- or and Ken Shamrock. Um, probably happened in TNA. I don't know. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock. But if something happens. I don't know. That's comparable to since since Lashley knocked out Brock. They both have a win each, and they decide to take this to Mania. I say fight pit match, and no offense to DC, I say Ken Shamrock as the fucking special referee in a fucking cage between those two. That's what I want. Might be cool. They're gonna do like a pride like a pride style match. Like yeah, whatever. Fight. What the fuck? Or, what was it called? The uh, what do we call the, it now? Battle. Uh, Bar brawl or whatever the fuck uh, they got. Well, the thing, the thing that Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins were in, and also Matt Riddle went against uh, Timothy Thatcher. The fight pit is that what it's called? Dude, Matt Riddle is like. Stop He's getting stoned with Polly Shore right now. <laughs> Stop doing you know? so much coke and banging prostitutes. <laughs> Porn God stars. It. They, they get televised, Chris. To be fair, he is the king of bros, and that is something the king of bros would do. So it. It's kind of hard to get mad at him. <laughs> he gets a phone call from Rob Van Dam telling him he has to get his shit together. That would be great. He gets a phone call from, at this point, he gets a phone call from Ric Flair. He's like, whoa! <laughs> or Jake Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> then porn stars are very addictive, and so is the cocaine. <laughs> but um, how did you like that whole presentation, man? Uh, 
Brock Lesnar comes out. He's so comfortable with the crowd. He's telling stories and shit. He's saying that Bobby who? Bobby Lashley has been in his head. It was so much in his head. We had a Sable chant on Raw. It wasn't big, but it was there. And kind of awkward since he says that, you know, he goes, he, he tried hunting. He couldn't get him out of his head. He tried ice fishing. Couldn't get Bobby Lashley out of his head. He went to sleep next to his beautiful wife. <laughs> Five hours later, couldn't get Bobby Lashley out of his head. Um, and all this, Bobby comes in. He's fucking dressed to the nine. You know, it looks like the other, but Brock probably went to fucking Kmart to buy his outfit. Uh, and just them two having a stare down. Bobby kind of putting it back on Brock Lesnar. Two F5s later, setting up more stuff for their last man stand. I think they're doing a last man standing match. Is that the next one? I, I just can't wait. I love these two guys interacting. I thought this was awesome. Did you ever think that Brock would get this comfortable on the mic as a babyface, Chris, later in his career? No, I did not. I can openly say that. Um, and also, he's not that comfortable. He's just like, I went to college in Minnesota, but now I'm from Texas. <laughs> so Yeah, what the fuck is with the accent? <laughs> but it's Brock, so it's like, all right, it's Brock. It's cool. Brock <laughs> has know? lived in Saskatchewan, Canada for years now. Before that, he's from Minnesota, and he's talking with a Texas accent. But I mean, to be fair, if, if Brock was your best friend, right, and you're at a bar with him, you get him a beer, and he just starts talking with that accent, are you going to be the one to be like, yo, you need to really cut that out? <laughs> like... I ain't saying shit to him. He can fucking yeah. speak like British, and I'll be like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, if he starts talking like, hmm, maybe you're wondering why one might break your arm. Uh, he fucking comes <laughs> in with a monocle on and shit. Yeah, like, it's it's Brock, so you're just like, oh, it's just Brock just be doing. That's how I took it. I don't know if everyone took it that way. It's like, I guess Brock's from Texas now. <laughs> He's doing. He's doing but, like yeah. a weird. Texas accent, but it's, it's awesome because it's Brock, and it's he, he's just Brock is Brock. We've been right. putting Brock. We will stay five years of putting Brock over when everyone else is burying him. Brock is still great. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I agree. Um, so, would you rather us have another match with him and Bobby, possibly a fight pit match or whatever? Who knows? Hell in the Cell. Now that it's not pay per view. Maybe they put them in the hell in the cell at fucking WrestleMania. I have no idea. Or would you, with the prospect that's been going around of him versus uh, Gunther, uh, Brock versus Gunther build up for WrestleMania, which scenario would you prefer? Because I'm kind of going towards Bobby Lashley and having Gunther have a badass match for the IC title with someone else. Who beat the record, by the way? Longest reigning in, this, in the, new, uh, the new century, if you will. IC champion, so that's pretty cool. I actually like keeping them separate with with uh, him versus Bobby, just because Gunther will have like a have a a shot at Cody if Cody wins the title, right? That'll be Cody's next opponent, and um, not that he does like because Gunther does really what, what the fuck is his new name? Gunther, <laughs> you got it. His old one was Walter. Walter. Uh, Walter does a really good job at like having good matches with people. He's not that big guy. I mean, he is big, but he's not like 
His like, arms gonna, aren't big. He's the same size as Cody. Well, well, he's wider than Cody Rhodes, but he's like when you look at him in the ring, he's not. Uh, so separating him and Brock Lesnar kind of makes a lot of sense. Like don't put I would, like him and Lashley like in the ring with Falter a lot because it'll it's the same thing with Braun Strowman. Like Braun Strowman, like when you put, when they put him in the ring with Brock Lesnar, you're like that guy's not that big. I thought he was a monster among men. Yeah, I, I would I would finish the feud with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. You now have the idea maybe the hurt business is getting back together. We saw Cedric and Shelton win, uh, and he's still pressing Bobby. So you can have that element. You can throw in the storyline something involving Shelton Benjamin because of the fact that we do know that Brock and him had a relationship. Build that to Mania and give Sheamus a match against Gunther, a badass fucking match, their rubber match from this year, and they've had two other wars, and have Sheamus win the IC title, get it off of Gunther, and then rebuild him to go for the main title against Cody, maybe for SummerSlam or something, Chris. You know what I'm saying? Seamus has been on one hell of a run. I want him to get one more like heavyweight title run. <laughs> well, the reason why the IC he's, title he's been means... selling for everybody. <laughs> no, no, I agree. But the reason why the IC title means a lot to him is he's never won it through his career. It's the only title, main title he hasn't gotten. Oh, so it's like the triple crown thing. But Miz yeah. has a triple crown, so it doesn't really matter. Once Miz he's got a double triple crown because technically yeah. he did it twice. Ugh. That's like when people are talking about how long they lasted in the Royal Rumble. It's like, well, you didn't win one, so who cares? <laughs> That's a good point. You, you just stayed in there the longest. It's like Ric Flair's 16 titles. Like that just means you lost the title 16 times or 15 times. Yep, man. <laughs> like it's, it's true. It's, it's it's a weird stat. <laughs> like congratulations, you sucked 15 times. <laughs> I would rather have had the title a couple times and had that title for two years than lose it. And yeah, you want the Bruno San Martino run or the Hogan run? I want the Bruno run. Or like, nah, I'm the boss. (laughs) It's very true, man. The Okada run. Like, Okada's held the belt. Like, well, they switched it a lot this time. He's like five, but he also held the belt for like nine. You could uh, you could do Cena compared to Roman Reigns. Would you rather have had the belt? I think Roman's have five times, but also now he's in the top four holding, you know, one of them. And he holds both of them now. Or would you rather have lost and won 16 times like John Cena to tie Rick Flair's record? Yeah, when you when you have title runs that are the same amount of length as like Kane's title runs, that's what you don't want in life. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You Sasha Banks. <laughs> Look at me. Well, that's not her fault. <laughs> he got no, it's not. Trial. But it happened. She would win it, and then she'd lose it on the fucking Raw right afterwards. I like everyone still really loves that submission spot with Sasha and Charlotte. And it's like, Beautiful. you know that Charlotte did all of the work on that, right? But then, like, Charlotte sucks. <laughs> yeah, people are stupid. Um, I'm trying to think of, like... Sasha Banks is also really good, at, as long as she does, isn't doing that Meteora thing. And hopefully she does not try to kill Carrie Zane with that. All right, so we went over that. Let's uh, the opening part. Um, we had Edge and uh, Beth Phoenix come out. Uh, Beth Phoenix is posing. Edge goes to one side, comes back, 
smacks his wife in the ass because he already got in trouble or people were talking shit about it online. So stupid. Because uh, the other side comes back, does it again, and gets the eye from Beth. It's like, don't do that again. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, sorry. Like, you know, yeah, we're trying to prove, like, you know, we're husband and wife. If he wants to smack my ass, he can fucking do that. Like, quit being, you know, people are like, oh, why are you doing that and disgracing your wife? Like, you guys are fucking idiots. I hate, I hate Twitter. But he kind of went a little overboard, and his wife <laughs> let him know. And uh, he, to to be fair, he is the rated R superstar. He did fuck Alita on TV for <laughs> it's on Twitter. <laughs> Unaware. That's so true. Uh, <laughs> he did bang Eddie Guerrero's wife <laughs> for a yeah. long period of time. This is just a slap slap on his wife's bottom, which all, was all he did. Like, yeah, he I'll was just like, say it. I'll just say it like he said it. Can you blame me? You know, <laughs> yeah. I like his sort of response that. was like, "Can I? Can can you blame me?" Like, <laughs> like they uh-huh. did a really cool thing, and then he was just like, "Oh, love you, girl." Kind of like Asgrab. Like, was it like what? A, it's his wife. They have like two kids. This is not like a sexual assault. Calm the fuck down, Twitter. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> so it's so annoying and played out. But anyways, Edge comes to the ring. I mean, Edge is great on the mic, and he puts over. Which is what you're supposed to do as a baby face or a heel. He puts over, he's like, Yeah, I, I created the Judgment Day. But look, I mean, I wanted to elevate some of these guys. Finn Balor's on a different, he's operating on a different level and is completely relevant. Damian Priest is doing the best work he's done. Uh, you know, Rhea Ripley gets a big pop uh, from the crowd. She went through the Royal Rumble, holds the record, and is going to WrestleMania. And then there's Dom, bunch of booze. Um, you know, and goes back and forth with Beth and presents a challenge with the two of them against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley in Montreal at Elimination Chamber. And this prompts Judgment Day. Apparently Rhea is on some type of media thing right now, so she wasn't able to make it. Uh, so Dom was talking about, you know, just going off talking about things he's been hearing in the streets and, uh, Gets cut off by Edge really quickly. Just Edge is doing such a good job. Dom is doing such a good job as a heel, but Edge is one of those guys that's able to like even make him like, "You are such a stupid idiot. Shut up!" Like and and gets that heat even more so with the audience. Um, but yeah, Finn accepts. Damien kind of fucking he kind of fucked up and fumbled his words, but dude, they got some such worded material. He messed up Money in the Bank with with Elimination Chamber. I thought he handled it really well, saying that Edge, like, got him so upset and kind of got it back on course. But, you know, that's that's what happens when you got to recite so much information and shit like that. So I thought it was a good opening, and it kind of led to the first match with Damian Priest and Angelo Dawkins. Angelo lost. Damian Priest is going to be in the Elimination Chamber for the U.S. title. But uh, all in all, good opening stuff. I fucking love Edge, man. It's kind of hard not to like him, you know? You're on this day. Sorry. Just him coming out <laughs> and doing the posing and getting the audience. He's loving everyone around the ring. He was signing autographs, taking pictures with people. Like When they when they switched him to that other theme music, I was like, no, hard no. He, he can only come out to Alter Bridge ever of all time. Yeah, uh, that's got to be it. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, he, he's great. He's... 
he's doing edge stuff. It just I want him versus Christian. Can we get one more of those? Can we run that back? Where the hell? What's going on with Christian's contract and the fact that since he's still injured, he hasn't even been on TV in forever? Yeah, well, I think they're just going to kill that storyline off because Luchasaurus got hurt as well. So Ooh. they're both out, and that's why they threw Hook and uh, Jungle Boy together. So Jungle Hook, which has not been good for Hook, or not been good for Jungle Boy because Hook has just been out here just <laughs> low-key suplexing the shit out of people. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that, that, that's a different... But uh, yeah, Edge is great here. Edge is always awesome. Um, Damian Priest, like he said the wrong name of the pay-per-view, but like if I ask any hardcore WWE fan to name every WWE pay-per-view in order, they would just be like, uh... <laughs> There's a he handled lot. it well. <laughs> There's a lot. He's just bounced off of it. Um, also, can we talk about Austin Theory on this podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> so, Austin Theory got posed a question, and, it's, and obviously it's like a working kind of podcast. It was like, who would win in a match, Dom, Mysterio, or Brock Lesnar? He's like, Dom, dude, he's been in prison. He's seen, he's seen things you've never seen. Dude, I, I heard that. about that, and I laughed so hard. I love that. That's, And not only that, Austin Theory, remember, last Elimination Chamber, got f off the fucking top thing <laughs> from Brock Lesnar. Austin Theory's the best. Put him over. What are you guys doing? Or at least put him in a tag team with Cammy Kevin Owens or something. Like I don't know. I mean, I I still think it's Cena and him at WrestleMania for the uh, U.S. title, though, Chris. You think you think so? Yeah, he's yeah. been doing the. He's still going with the can't see me. He's gonna get Cena's gonna show up with this. Uh, did you see these uh, footage of Cena in his skirt <laughs> that's been all over TMZ for his next movie? No, I had no idea about that. John Cena's like in a skirt and heels for this next movie. And I was like, I hope he wrestles Austin Theory in skirt and heels. He'd probably and then still he... kill it. And then he can show pictures with him uh, at a pool area with Nikki Bella, um, you know, saying I, I, I had her first or whatever. Like nah, the old I'm Macho saying, Man Ric Flair his... thing. Is is Austin Theory up in like or up in is a bad term? Is he dating Nikki Bell? Wasn't she dating? No, 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 no. no I'm I'm joking. So remember, oh. Flair did that with Macho <laughs> yeah, Man. Like there was yes, a picture, obviously, of Savage and and Liz, but he cropped it, took a picture at the same pool area, and made it look like he was with Liz. So Austin but Theory if, can do that with Cena, you know? I don't think Cena would care. He's like, I signed a pre. No, no, that that would be that would be the point. It would be like, uh. Good for you, man. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's. I think that's where we're going with them too. That that will be fun uh, if that's the case. That'd be a good match. Yeah, because he he will give uh, Cena the AJ Styles type match that Cena deserves. And then, like I said, for IC title, do Sheamus, do Sheamus McIntyre and fucking. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Gunther, and let them just beat the living fuck out of each other. I mean, yeah. Or put, yeah, 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 I agree. And like I said, then you, then you, you, you have it so that 
Sheamus beats his buddy, Drew McIntyre, which kind of sucks for him, but then that gets Gunther out of the title. He didn't lose. And then, like I said, he goes after Cody shortly after that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not the one with the pen. I'm not the one with the pen, so I don't know. Well, they don't let us book shit, Dane. You know this. It's we're bullshit, terrible man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're terrible at it. I love the idea of Austin Theory versus John Cena. But I kind of, I wish that there was, well, I guess they have all the way to Mania. So they got like a month and a half. Yeah, which is weird because what? The pay-per-view is next weekend. And then we don't have another pay-per-view until WrestleMania. Yeah, we we well, we kind of talked about this on the last show. It's like Royal Rumble happens, and there's like pop pop pop, uh, and they're like hey, it's here because they try to do it like after the, they try to line it up with the Super Bowl and make sure they don't land in the same like or near the same stadium as the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and try to do it like two weeks after or two weeks before. That's kind of the gimmick. Um, but yeah, have you ever been to a WrestleMania, Dane? No, I'd love to. It's. Uh, I want. I want you. I told you what my goal is. I want my fortieth birthday, um, shortly after that, to be in Japan, at Wrestle Kingdom. That's a. It's a goal. Don't know if that's gonna happen, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try. Always wanted to go to Japan. I mean, not to stunt on these other NFL arenas, but. Ours does do this weird opening thing that spirals like a pokeball. Yeah, and dude, we Con- should get it. Kanye lived in the basement for a while. He did also, leave. <laughs> we have Outcast. Why no WrestleMania here? Dude, yeah, and do have Outcast be the artist. Uh, this is your- gonna be. I'm just gonna tell like I'm gonna tell Triple H to like Lemmy's like son that he doesn't know about is actually a player for the Falcons. That's how, that's how you get it done. <laughs> I, I don't know if that, that works like that, but yeah, I guess we could try to make that happen. All right, so let's. this is some of the smaller stuff, and we'll get out of Raw um, and go to AEW Dynamite. Uh, so we have, Well, we have to talk about one spot on NXT before we go to Dynamite, but yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah. That's, that, that's fine. We can definitely talk about that because some people are idiots. Um, <laughs> poor Gigi uh, Dolan. <laughs> Jesus, God, that fucking door, dude. That did a lot of battling in that. Did, um, did, did you see your Twitter photo? Yeah, she looked pretty okay. fucked up, man. All right, so Corbin lost to Dexter Loomis, and this would prompt JBL to bury the fuck out of him in the back and say that basically, what the hell? You can't polish a turd. Was the last thing JBL said. I don't know where the fuck they're going. I guess broke Baron Corbin. I don't really care. <laughs> Carmella's back. She won the last spot in the women's uh, elimination chamber. And the two men that won it was Damian Priest. And I forgot who the last person was to win the last spot in it. Was it Bronson Reed? Uh, no, it's the guy that does the huge um, uh, frog splash. Oh, Montez Ford. That's right. Mo- Montez, yeah. Sorry, I, I couldn't think of his name, but I remember the tag team he was part of. Yeah, he beat he beat Elias and once once again almost killed everyone by doing that flip to the outside in the corner because there's not enough space. He's a big dude, and there's usually like four, four people that have to get the fuck out of there. 
Yeah, but, Elias is is he's not bad, but he's also super not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I was thinking, man? This is he, gonna sound ridiculous. Put 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 him and and uh, Boobs in a in a uh, tag team together. Hell yeah, and, dude! The Guitar Brothers. I'll like you know, it. kind of like a modern like rhythm and blues type of concept. Uh, you yeah, know, make, back when it was Greg and Honky. Make one of them James and make one of them uh, Kurt from you know Metallica. It'll be great. You yeah, can just, exactly. You can, you can make them babyface. You can make them heel. <laughs> you know, I'm coming after you for the guitar solo on this track. And they can jam out. You know, <laughs> it would be fun. I think that would be kind of a good place to put both of them. Honestly. Yeah, uh, they really uh, they really overestimated how like over Boogs was without Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> and then when Nakamura's gone, it's just like, yeah, that's a guy. <laughs> yep, it's true though. But <laughs> With, both of them have gotten the audience to a certain level, so they're a babyface tag team that kind of had a, they look similar, but they kind of emphasize whatever. I think they could do some decent things because. One thing about both of them is uh, some of the stuff in the ring is not the greatest. In uh, tag teams, you can split that up. So uh, that's that's just an idea. Yeah, Nakamura's uh, music gets everybody over. If I came out to Nakamura's oh, yeah. music to fight John Cena, I would be over. They'd be like, look at this nerd coming out Nakamura's music to fight John Cena. We're on his side. <laughs> Exactly, uh, dude. It was so that 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 theme song is so good. But also, like, uh, I don't know. Boogs needs something he can shred on or something. I don't know. What do you? What would you do with him? You gotta give him some cool to like actually have like a fake guitar part because he's not actually. Well, he kind of got there at the end, but he's not like shredding or anything. You know? What would you do with him and El Bagabondo? <laughs> I would, like I said, man, just package him similar look. They could even, like, do the whole entrance where they're already in the ring and Elias introduces them and then maybe kind of go back and forth and riff off each other and get the crowd laughing a little bit and then have a tag match and be both tough guys that beat the shit out of people, you know? Let let Elias get the hot tags. Boogs is the one that they beat the shit out of and gets the sympathy from the crowd. I think it could be good. I really do. All right, so hear me out on this, right? Elias is one of those guys that would have fared well or fared better if he ran the indie circuit before he got to NXT. Yeah, he's got a lot of good things going for him, but he's a big guy. He's very athletic, but he only works that WWE-F style. He's very robotic. It's like not like someone like a Moxley who doesn't look perfect but he look it's a fury of fucking he just looks like off like he's trying to do something if that makes sense yeah but if like elias got dropped into like a like a a ring of honor five years ago or oh yeah it would have helped him out a lot that's what i'm saying it's because he just works so uh, i guess stiff is it's not it's not yeah it's it's just he he just does the he does the Orton thing, but he's not Randy Orton. He does the Triple H thing, he, but he's not like, Triple H. There's nothing. It's not like he's wrestling stiff. He's not like hitting people too hard. It's just he is stiff. His like his mannerisms and shit. He doesn't yeah. look natural at all. There's no finesse. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like an, an actor to uh, equate it to. 
but it's um yeah he, he is most people i would say like working in the wwe system kind of learn like you can move around and do stuff and hard cam all the good stuff and facial expressions he would have been i i think if you put elias like if he would have been on ring of honor in the mid card against like beer city bruiser and like a couple of those guys he'd probably be way better than he is right now it's, he's one of those weird situations where it's like opposite <laughs> I, I don't know if that makes sense no it does I feel you. Because, like, because he immediately got, like, he, like, even in NXT, he was immediately working, like, um, high mid-card matches and, and heavyweight title matches and loser leave town matches. And he got immediately lifted into the, uh, like, the main roster. And he he can only work one style. Like, he, he can only work that WWF style. He can't really change anything up. And and they had something cool with him and Kevin Owens where Kevin Owens believed that there was two people there for a while and they didn't follow up on that. What was his yeah. brother's name? I thought that was going to be something they were going to do in the wrestle. <laughs> I, I told you that, that, that they should have gotten fucking, what's his name? Um, oh, dang it. Damien Sandow back. And yeah. have him be... <laughs> Elias, or now they yeah. could do him as Ezekiel. That would be hilarious. Yeah, I legit thought they were going to do that. Um, but all right, last big thing that happened on Raw, though, we should definitely talk about. They got the cage match that was you know, obviously Canceled skipped over three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, but it involved Becky and uh, Bailey having an awesome match, and then at the end of it, fucking Lita comes out. Like, where are they going with this? You know, yeah, it was and, awesome. It was an awesome cage match. And then Lita just was like, I just happen to live in this town, which she doesn't. She lives in Atlanta. She does a radio. She used to do a radio show for 96 Rock here in Atlanta. So, like, what well, the fuck was she there? And also, the fuck does this mean? So, they're going to do it. They're going to set up a, a tag match. <laughs> like, the fuck yes. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen, Dane. The finish was dumb. The in-ring work was great because Bailey and Becky are really good wrestlers, turns out. But and uh, Lita kind of paying tribute, I guess, in the worst way to do uh, fucking Kerry Von Erich and smashed, kind of lightly, basically bounces off Bailey's head. I didn't notice that. It's it shit happens, but cool having Lita back. I don't know what this means. Are we going to do what I could think could happen? Is that something will leave? To mania involving Lita teaming with Bailey to go against, uh, or teaming with, I mean, um, Becky to go against Bailey and someone else, or they're gonna rush it to try to like make this pay per view even bigger and maybe do like Trish, Lita, and uh, because we know Damage Control is gonna have a tag match at mania, so they're not, they're not gonna team with Bailey at mania, so you do Damage Control, I guess, against the two legends and uh, Becky, maybe. Well, not to be a dick, but, like, don't you need a women's <laughs> heavyweight championship match or title match on the card? Like, a singles match? Yeah, since, now that I'm thinking of it. Since split. Yeah, because... <laughs> Bianca Belair is just an afterthought. <laughs> no, because they had a match They had a match last night, I believe. What was it? They were the uh, four-way to find out who B- Bianca was going against. Yeah, no, this wasn't this. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be Oscar. And that well, no, at Mania, I definitely think it's going to be Oscar. 
but it but was. They, they, they are kind of just avoiding that question for a while. I don't know if you noticed that, but they're just like, hey, here's a lot of other shit. Let's just put this in front of you. The Bianca was supposed to have a promo two weeks in a row, and they just keep canceling her, I guess. Well, not can- canceling is the wrong word. They just keep time-cutting her. Yeah, I don't even... I thought there was a fucking match last night to find a number one contender um, for either Charlotte for this pay-per-view or Bianca. I don't remember which one it was. Yo, shout-out to Oscar though. Looking amazing with this new fucking weird clown makeup and this giant... Uh, I, I don't even want to call it. this giant helm she has on. We'll just call it a helm because I don't know. I'm dude. Oscar's running term. elimination chamber, and it's going to be her and Bianca. I think at WrestleMania. I and if she chokes Bianca out, I'll be like, fair. Well, dude, Bianca's one, two. I think now WrestleMania main events. Oscar lost hers against Charlotte. I'd love to see her get a win, uh, especially with this more to the older incarnation version of herself, you know? Well, hopefully Asuka is just watching the Samojo versus Darby Allen matches. And she's like, <laughs> this is what's going to happen to you, Bianca. <laughs> I, want you to know. Well, I feel like that Asuka know. is going to spit mist in her face and also choke Bianca out with her own hair. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dude, Asuka is so great. I'm so glad that Triple H is in charge of Asuka again, because she was so terrible for so long. She came back, like, immediate impact. Like, look, like, I get Triple H is not perfect, right? Like, he doesn't have the best, all of the best booking decisions. But if you talk about, like, superstars you actually love, like, you know, Asuka's of the world, or Sami Zayn's, Kevin Owens, like, he has positioned them in very strong holds. For the rest of the storylines throughout the year, it's he's done a really good job. I just want to give Triple H props on that. The, give the Shovel King props. Hey, thank you. You know, I, I put down the <laughs> shovel for a little while because uh, trying to find a different uh, route. I guess that's it though for WWE stuff. Last night, I see uh, number one contender match and fucking uh, what's his name. Guy. Uh, yeah, instead of Rey Mysterio, Karrion Cross, or Santos Escobar, Matt Cat Moss has a match against uh, fucking Balter. I, I, I fucking just put over Triple H, and he's like, let's send Mad Cap out there. How the, dude, <laughs> Karrion could use it, Rey would be a good match, and Santos Escobar definitely could be elevated out of the four of them to Mad having Cap a badass Moss, match against Gunther. Mad Cat Moss is like... Just as bad as that guy that, uh, who's that fucking guy that I hate? Von Wagner. He's the same level, but on the main roster. So put him in a tag team is what you're saying? <laughs> Call him the Von Borings. That'll be funny. Whole gimmick. <laughs> Just talk about, like, you know, spreadsheets. <laughs> All right, so... Real quick that I almost forgot. We didn't really go into detail. The last thing from SmackDown last night. We have, you know, just Paul Heyman out there. He's going over how Cody's coming for Roman and Sammy, but I'm on the island of relevancy and all this stuff that he says over and over again. But anyways, while that's happening, Sammy makes it to the ring, is behind him, huge pop from the (laughs) audience. Uh, All of a sudden, the walrus turns. He sees Sammy. His eyes bulge out of his head, 
and Sammy didn't really, I mean, he got a little physical at the end. He kind of choked him a bit, but most of it was like, oh, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after Roman, you know, it's, but I'm not going to hurt you. I want you to like go and deliver this message sort of situation. And then Jay came out, defended the tag titles. Uh, Jimmy couldn't get a hold of him. Apparently he came through the audience right before the match helped win the tag titles, get out of there, and then interact with Sammy, and they seem like they're cool. So I loved all the stuff with that throughout the whole entire thing sprinkled in. Of course, this story is great, Chris, like we always say. Because Paul is fucking great. Yeah, bloodline, still good. Still good. I mean, weird. How, how much can we We've been talking about this for two years. It's really good. It's the best storyline in wrestling. I'm still waiting. Like MJF's uh, getting top and having a car crash is not the top storyline <laughs> in wrestling. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I guess if I get like, no, not even that, because I was like Tanahashi. I mean, I guess if you were like Tanahashi versus Okada, you could build up the entire like what that means. But even then, it's like. <laughs> Like the bloodline's been around for like two years at this point, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bro, that's the best thing going. This this out Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, the Usos, Kevin Owens, Paul Heyman—they're all pretty good at wrestling. <laughs> and I just throwing Cody. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Yeah. Who's just gonna get super kicked by Kevin Owens? That's gonna be the the heel turn of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler uh, it, Big, big uh, broad prediction Kevin Owens shows up And he just super kicks everybody I love it Super kick Super kick party And he wins money um, in the bank Whose side is he on Dan <laughs> Bobby oh, yeah. Who, Whose side is he on <laughs> Oh man well, let's talk about some craziness from Wednesday. Dynamite. Dynamite. All of us quoting good good times. Um, Did you like the show? I thought it was a really good show. I hated the main event, but I thought it was a really I, good show overall. I just, I, sometimes I find these shows, like the, the order of matches, kind of like just a little bit all over the fucking place. But for the most part, I liked, like right now, we're about to go into the champion going against someone in the first match didn't really make a lot of sense. So there's stuff like that, but I liked a good majority of the matches. I well, just he had wish- a, they had a trios title defense and a uh, tag title defense at the top of the card. Right. So I didn't have, I, know, I didn't have that big of a problem with it. I know, but what's, what's the main title? Who's the main it's, person? Well, you know, according would to you AW, w- when they started, it's supposed to be the tag title. <laughs> You know, and I, I get the tag titles was a big deal, and what they ended up doing was some business, uh, and we'll get to that. But um, I don't know. That's just it. Just me. It's kind of just an old school thing. Roman's not going to be in the first fucking match on Raw and SmackDown. Even Cody gets the title. I don't think he's going to be in the first match on Raw and SmackDown. So that's just some. Of, it's 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 like bipolar. Some of the stuff that happens is like a cool segment. And then you'll get this, and you'll be like, what was that? Okay, interesting. <laughs> and then you'll go to this match, and then it'll be a championship match. And then Adam Page and, and John Moxley are beating the shit out of each other. I, I don't know. It's just, it's it's interesting. 
now I kind of want the like thing where someone books Roman in the first match and he just no shows and takes the count out for the no <laughs> title win. That'd be very good. <laughs> it's a very old school heel move. I was like, well, if I get disqualified, I can't lose. <laughs> That's a very Harley race ass thing to do. Like, well, the title doesn't change hands on the disqualification. They're like, you're in the first match. He's like, fuck that. He just doesn't show up. Yep. Um, But no. uh, Jimmy Hitter killed a girl. Poor bunny. She did kill a girl. Jesus Christ, that was bad. Like, do we know if she's okay? Uh, she's got check? she's she's got a concussion. She's she's alive, but it was bad because like the suplex did not go well, and then uh, Hater also fell on her on top of that, and it was it was bad. Um, yeah, positive for women's wrestling at AEW. the The match uh, did not go on at nine thirty like normal. It was actually I think what at eight thirty or or maybe at the top of the hour of nine. So that's, I mean, that's a good thing because they usually put it in the exact same fucking spot before the main event every night. Um, and bad news, though, yeah, Allie got fucked up in the match. She got, that was, that did not look good, man. Shit happens in wrestling. I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, that that's, that's how it is. But ugh, that was not good. Uh, that's what, I mean, that's what happens when you have, like, Jamie Hayter wrestling people that have wrestled for 20 plus years versus like the bunny. You're going to get that. Like she expected her to just lift and she didn't lift and she dropped her. It sucks. (laughs) Like it's going to go on like Jamie here's she's on like Bret Hart be like, she's an unsafe worker right now somewhere in Canada. In Calgary, Prairie now. He'd never. He didn't even watch it. He just felt. He felt the energy of what happened. He's like the present. Oh no, Jimmy Hater. She's a unsafe worker. I can just tell. Fucking. She just dropped everybody on her head. <laughs> trying to kill people, and uh, Ali is one of them. Also, um, Jamie Hater super over. Called it two years ago. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, Point so that all on the podcast. <laughs> this happens right afterwards. I want to know. I want to see if if you've ever heard of this. So there are two heel presents in the back for the women's division. Mm-hmm. They're talking to Renee, and uh, they both made their name at the, the other big company, and now they're over here. And they attack a low-level person and spray paint on their back an L because they call it an L. Because she's a loser, but I mean, I've never seen that concept. I guess they really are just like leaning into, like you video, know, video we're the game. NWO, Tony Storm and fucking Soraya, and yeah, uh, soon to be probably uh, fucking what's her name? Because I think she's playing games right now. Um, Ruby Soho. I think she's gonna join them. Yeah. So they got a bunch of streamers together to be like, you caught an L, but like. Does everyone get that? Did you get that when she spray painted the L? Did you get that? Well, no, I thought she did it for loser because she called her a loser afterwards. It, it almost well, I came mean, off it, stupid. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like you, you caught an L, basically. An L is a loss. 
which is like video game terms. So they video gamed her. So we're going to go back to video game storylines with Soraya, who doesn't actually play video games on her Twitch. She just sits there and talks to people and people give her money because she... I, I, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> I'm not getting into... I don't watch Twitch, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> how, how do you like, how do you like uh, NWO in the... They suck, dude. Tony Why Storm's the fuck can't they flesh out? And she, she murders people all the time. I don't know how there's not more concussions. Um, I don't know if Tony's caused a concussion anytime soon, but that ass thing does not look good. Are you? Um, she's murdered like 75 people with that fucking thing. Um, exactly 75? Yeah, exactly 75, dude. Have you seen no. AEW Dark? They're like they no. literally called up my little sister to be on their roster last week. It's just Tony. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, what are you watching Dark for? Are you trying to like hurt your brain? Actually, no. I, I lie. I, I watched the uh, uh, EJ Natuka, um, uh, Takashke or Takeshka match was awesome. If, if EJ Naduka is done with MLW, uh, fucking Dave is the one who got me on. You know, when he went to NXT and then got let go, and Dave was like, that was a big mistake. Dave Meltzer, I've been watching him in MLW. He had a really good match with Hammerstone for the title. He lost, and I didn't know if that meant he was leaving. And now he showed up and lost, but had a great match against Takeshka. I would go back and watch that. So, hoping to see him pop up. He reminds me, like a lot of people, he reminds me of a young Booker T. A lot. Um. So... <sighs> So you have the women's in NWO division, right? I agree with you, by the way. I think I think it's gonna be great. Um, the women's division, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, they're doing the AEW versus NWO or WWE or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's it's, it's NWO versus whatever. Um, so you have Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Has Rebby wrestled the match in the past like four years? Um, I mean, no idea. Because she's always out there, but has she wrestled the match? So, like, who are you gonna put with the baby faces to make like Hikura Shida? I guess. Yeah, because she got insulted by them, so she doesn't like them. Then you have. See, I think Ruby Soho's, it's kind of obvious, but I think she's going to end up fucking over the, you know, Britt Bakers and all them, because Britt's, they still don't like each other anyways, and she used to be WWE, so I don't know where you climb more than that. Who else is ex-WWE besides the three of them? Besides Tony, Soraya, and and uh, Ruby. I mean, Mer- Mercedes Monet, if you can get her. Yeah, well, that would be, I mean, you, you got your, like, Six in the Outsiders, and then I guess Monet would be more of that Hulk Hogan. I hate to tell Soraya that, but she would be out of that situation. Um, I, I don't hate to tell Soraya that. At this point, like, look, you had a couple good matches with AJ Lee. It is what it is. Leave it alone. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bury her that much. I've never. That's not bury. I didn't bury her. I didn't say she was terrible. She's. You just, said she had a couple know, good matches with one person. With AJ Lee. <laughs> That's a, that's a that's not a burial. <laughs> I uh, she was terrible. I didn't Lex Luger her <laughs> like ninety four Lex yeah. Luger. <laughs> I, See, that's like, a good point. I mean, I'm just I mean like 
realistically, she hasn't done anything <laughs> since she wrestled AJ Lee for a title. Like, yeah, thirteen I mean, years ago. <laughs> when did she get hurt? I mean, this is what? not. I mean, I don't. Well, she's been hurt multiple times, and and that's well, like, no. That the, I, mean, I mean, the first time she had to retire. Like, what year was it? Like, 2015-ish? Well, she was that, hurt when I don't she even was, remember uh, her wrestling when I got into it. Well, she was hurt when she was working with um, AJ Lee. She carried AJ Lee through that entire match being hurt, right? Damn. Uh, if I... One of... Vice versa. One of them was hurt and carried her through that, that big women's side one. I'm not taking anything away from Sarai. I think she's a decent wrestler, but, like, as far as... Uh, what she's done in AW so far. It's like, what the? F- who cares? Yeah. Not to be a dick. It's not the same thing as like when Sting came in as a legend and did stuff. And people are going to be like, oh, Chris, you're fucking idiots because he's a guy and she's a girl. It's, it's not that. <laughs> One of these things are not like the other. Sting is diving off fucking everything <laughs> all over the place. Uh, no, I get Soraya, what you're Soraya's done like a snap my mirror takeover <laughs> like one time. Like it's it's she's not she's she, I, I don't think that she's healthy, like whatever like as far as in ring like she's not gonna be healthy enough to work a fucking match against like Jamie Hader, like a thirty minute match. Yeah. Which is what AEW is gonna want out of whoever's gonna be in that situation. No, no, you you pose a very good point. You do, and and look, I I I love Paige Soraya. I, I love her. I'm, I think she's very important to the WWE and WWF, and and she definitely taught a lot of people a lot of shit, and was a big part of the women's revolution. I would say, a and huge you part made of the that candle. Revolution. You molded that candle out of her head. You know that you have at your house. I did. So. I was just well. I have to point this out, Dane, because I'm getting fucking buried after someone listens to this podcast. Like, I have no problems with her. It's just like in the world of aid in the world of WWE. Even if you threw her back in there, she's not like a Beth Phoenix or like just getting right back to work. Like, it doesn't seem like it's clicking. I don't, I don't know. Um, not as bad as Ember Moon though, because Ember Moon's just constantly out here dropping people on their fucking heads. Apparently. I guess she's going to join them. She is an ex WWE person, um, but remember, at Chris, least Ar- at is not dropping people on their heads. I guess that's the somehow. <laughs> if we just say, "Oh God, we're scared because someone got hurt from that person," that means we're sexist um, for stating that. Well, I'm just more worried about Soraya because we know about all of her injuries. Oh yeah, me did. too. She's not. It's not. I've no, seen I'm, her I'm talking about really, sh- really well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. And granted, it's been like it's like seven or eight years later. But you know, uh, the last time I saw her have a wrestling match outside of AEW is like her injuries. You know, like so. Yeah, she doesn't need me to white knight her, I guess, on her health, but. This storyline sucks in general. And also Tony Storm is not great. <laughs> so just that. I don't agree with that too, but I gotcha. Um 
Tony Storm's fine in the ring uh, outside of that fucking Rikishi hip splash. He just full sins every fucking time she gets to the corner. But outside of that, I feel like, like I feel like she does that safely, though. It's it's very similar as long as you're in a she's place like two concussions off that fucking thing. I you would have to show me because I don't remember a concussion happening from that. We just think it looks nasty. But I mean, Solo Sakoa does the same thing. Kevin Owens, fuck it. If you're not in the, the right way. You can nail so if you too. watch if you if you watch Sakoa or Yokozuna or uh, Haku when they go in and do the hip splash, what they do is they jump up and hit the top turnbuckle. They don't actually touch the first one. Yeah, and then you what? have to lower yourself from the, the the middle turnbuckle in response to you know make it look like it actually hit you. Right. So <laughs> what Tony does is runs full in and hits him with that thong to thong thong thong. In the dome, I, I, she. I mean that. Yeah, I'll send you examples, but like, just calm that thing. All she gotta do is slow it down like one speed. Also, like, uh, now I'm nitpicking. Who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. They're gonna lose. It's like AEW's gotta come out on top at some point. Like, Girl you know Sting what? is gonna be fucking Thunder Rosa. She's coming back from injury. That, that was my gimmick, because she of, doesn't trust anyone of those people, right? Yeah, and my whole thing is, instead of just, I don't know, what it looks like you're doing, copying the direction of WCW in the mid to late, you know, 90s, how about just flesh out some of these women and just not have them in a bunch of matches most of the time, besides Britt Baker and a couple others? Uh, and good job with this. Not put them on every fucking time at 9.30 right before your main event. That's also an idea. I don't know. I mean, you could... I agree with you. Also, like, people were really behind Jamie Hayter, but, like, uh, her wrestling the bunny is not going to be super impressive to people. No, she, she should have annihilated her. Like, not in real life like she did. Well, you know, not... <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What happened... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she should have just fucking squashed her ass real quickly. Why the yeah, hell she have matches? Here's another her question. Andy I don't care. One of my favorite matches of this year. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I'm i blaming this on the bunny is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I that was, that was nasty the first time. I never went back and watched it again, but. It's gross. Uh, yeah, it was it was not good. Um, what the hell is he going to say about Jamie Hayter? I don't she remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, she is. Warner versus Carrie Hojo. Yeah, that would be fucking dope as shit. That would be great. Monet, Mercedes Monet. Bring it on maybe, in. Maybe a little bit of, of Merlot and a little bit of Monet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh, um, how, did, how did you like the uh, AEW World Championship Eliminator match uh, with... Uh, MJF and um, Keshka because I really liked it. I think if anything, and I, I will go into the promo afterwards and shit like that. But like when it came to this match, MJF was showing uh he's not as I don't know. I, I didn't expect him to do some of the things that he did throughout it, especially that one spot where it looked like Keshka was going to do something to him, and he did a backflip and immediately came back. Like, he was doing a hell of a lot more. Uh, is he trying to prove a point before this Ironman match or something? 
I, he definitely was doing more mat work and like trying to put on holds and stuff. Um, I, I, it's just overshadowed by the promo for me. Uh, it was. It it sucks because Keshka has won like what one match out of like twelve at this point, and he's so good. He's really great. So it's 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 MJF as well. Like, shouldn't he be wrestling like? someone else yeah uh, yeah and that's my thing man i mean this was out of nowhere we have a title match coming up and then you just all of a sudden put the champion against someone i would have done a non-title that would have made a hell of a lot more but i do like Takeshka, but or uh you know he is not <laughs> he is losing a lot so that's the only thing <laughs> that sucks about it I do like that, like, MJF worked as the veteran in the ring in this situation of, like, nah, fuck all this bullshit. Well, yeah, you just had that weird... We're going to do Triple H. (laughs) But then you, and then, but then he went from having that, uh, I think it was a top rope where Takeshka looked like he was going to give him a rock bottom off the top, and he backflipped out of it. Takeshka came back, was, you know, coming... At him, he gave him a super kick in the face. Like there was a bunch of sequence shit, and he actually pulled it off really well. I don't normally see MJF doing shit like that in matches because he's gonna be working with Danielson in a fucking hour match. Like, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, this it was a really good match, but it was very much like uh, for me, it was very much like what's the we're point? gonna work MJF's match. Well, what one? What's what's the point? And two, you're just gonna work whatever MJF's matches. Um, and he did a very WWE style, which I kind of actually love about him. In in the world of flip dives in AEW, he is the guy that's just like fuck it, <laughs> Triple H. <Yep. laughs> you know what I mean? Like here's the old school wrestling. Like FTR is the considered the old school wrestlers but like actually it's mjf he's like let me put him in a fucking chin hole hit him with a high knee <laughs> like if you look at their matches he is more of that kind of guy than like ftr like ftr is like old school like they do the shoot amateur stuff but like as far as like just working out a match like mjf is trying to do the least amount of as possible Yep, which is great. No, I, I I agree with you. Uh, which is, if he ends up out there, I think he's going to be contributing major. Um, he's kind of built for that. But yeah, good match. What the fuck was with the promo later on? Okay, so all right, so MJF and his girlfriend, he he had, had multiple speeding tickets in this Camaro, which he already knows a douchebag move. Um, he's riding around Miss Camaro. He can't get another speed ticket. And then his girlfriend decides to give him a toppy or blowjob or put the penis in her mouth. <laughs> How do you politically <laughs> say this, Dane? <laughs> uh, every way that you just did. Uh, okay. <laughs> beach. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, beach. <laughs> so, anyways, 
<laughs> this is brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> Anyways, MJF's getting, going around getting sloppy toppy. Anyways, he finishes off. <laughs> and then he's like, oh no, a curve. And slides into a fucking telephone pole or whatever. And she gets thrown halfway through the windshield. He's almost dead. He repositions her into the driver's seat. Because like a cop wouldn't be like, you don't seem that fucked up. <laughs> Being almost gone through the the window and all. <laughs> and also, <laughs> don't, 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 don't call Law and Order SVU on you. Uh, Isn't there just, I don't know, an easier way to say that he's willing to do anything to win or to get by? Like, that was a really roundabout. And I'm going to say this. It's not that I was so much offended by it. I just thought it was overdone. I was like, you're just trying so hard to say the, like, this is not how you flavor the story. I don't understand how Brian Danielson and MJF, and they only have a couple more weeks to build up to this. They're in a story, and it's not really that compelling at all. Like, why does Brian Danielson care about what you did when you were, like, 18? <laughs> it's terrible for the fucking girl, but, like, apparently, you, didn't you say, like, they were getting, like, phone calls from people that lived in his area? Yeah, <laughs> like, people thought it was, like, like, they actually got, uh, according to multiple wrestling reports, there was phone calls to the Nassau County area, which is uh, Long Island, of, like, uh, holy fucking MJF! Guys, <laughs> and why rad. was her name Liv? Uh, her, her name was Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, it had nothing to do with Liv Morgan. <laughs> oh God! Her aging. Um, that that took off on itself. It's like, remember that time MJF almost killed Liv Morgan? Like, they don't even live like anywhere in the near vicinity. Like during that time period, they live nowhere near each other, and they're also like sixteen, seventeen years old. Like. It doesn't. He's just Sounds telling like a, a dumbass story. story. The problem with the story is like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it's, you're I'm, trying too hard to be edgy. Yeah, if I'm Brian Danielson, I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool story, oh, Ansel. I wish she bit your dick off, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm a fucking dragon. <laughs> that, would be, that would be my promo. <laughs> you're the one running for me, dude. <laughs> what is the story of this whole wreck. entire thing? You have two of the best people on the mic, one of the greatest baby faces, one of the greatest heels. What the fuck's going on? I mean, you got three weeks. Uh, no, I think two weeks. No, 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 wait. Is it two or three? Two weeks Elimination Chamber, three weeks is uh, the next AEW. But still, that's not a lot of time. And I'm sorry. I thought it was recycled to keep on doing this. You got to fight this guy, this guy, this guy to fight. Like... They make great matches, but it's Brian having good matches. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, and that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> or what Jericho's done in the past, MJF's done it in the past. I just uh, uh, more story would be great instead of just like the trials of blah blah blah, like they're Hercules trying to fucking get back to Olympus. Like, so we kind of talked about this like not last week, maybe it was the week before where he gave money to Brian Cage, and I was like, I like that. That's like the um, Harley Race storyline. Yeah, like here's this money, take this motherfucker out. Here's a briefcase, 
the first person to take him out, here's the money, right? I like that better than like, oh, I'm so evil. You know how evil I am, especially because you have like, you know, Alistair Black over here with his buddies doing demon worship shit, like in Steam. I forgot about him. Like floating around. Like, MJF, you're not that evil, buddy. <laughs> I know. I don't know. That's, that's, a, I agree with you, what you just said. He he comes off like he can be evil, but he's not. He, he's not the devil, right? He, like he's evil. He's manipulative. He's evil. Like he's like the same way Miz is evil <laughs> to me. He's better than Miz in a like promo wise, wrestling wise, whatever. But like at least the Miz owns what he is. You know what I mean? Like it's, this whole it's like, like I'm evil. It's like no, you're not, dude. <laughs> No, 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 no. Like, Ric Flair wasn't evil. Kevin Sullivan was evil. You're not Kevin Sullivan. Back in yeah, Fox Kevin Florida. Sullivan, definitely. Kevin Sullivan's so evil that people thought he killed Chris Benoit in his, Chris Benoit's family. Oh, God. Not to mention like, they thought that he really was in a cult in the 90s, or in the 80s uh, in Florida, because people are crazy. MJF is not... Well, I guess 300 people thought that he... Had this, but that doesn't even make you evil. That just kind of makes you a shitty douchebag jock to some extent. Like, it was getting toppy and I crashed my car, my Camaro. It's like, that doesn't make you evil. It just makes you a shitty person. <laughs> Am I wrong on this thing? Like, no, evil I would agree. be like, <laughs> evil would be like, anyways, when she went to sleep, I slit her parents' throats. <laughs> that sounds Left pretty fucking evil. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it would be like Undertaker is evil. <laughs> like, I'm gonna fucking build this casket and I'm gonna put Yokozuna in it. <laughs> That's evil. <laughs> like, you can't evil, like, mankind in a, like ripping his own hair out, <laughs> talking about the tortures of his life. MJF being like, I had a bad experience in high school one time. <laughs> like, that's not evil, dude. Yeah, it was just weird, man. But um, I, guess, I guess the other part of this, and like we were just talking about it, Bruce, Ryan Danielson, had I thought they had match. they had an awesome match, man. They really did. Weird, you know? I mean... Turns out Bruce and Brian Danielson pretty good. But Danielson won, <laughs> and he's clear now to go against MJF, and hopefully we'll now get some more direct stuff between the two of them. Going forward, but Roosh, dude. Ah, I don't know, man. Definitely should be one of their top, top guys, but I say that a lot about other people, too, so. Well, I mean, he's working heel against a top babyface, which is not their top babyface. Because every time they put Brian Danielson in the ring against another babyface, the other babyface gets cheered more. So... Where's Bandito? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, it's fuck. It's weird, man. Like they, they booked themselves into a weird storyline. I think everyone was expecting when, or at least I was expecting, and hopefully other wrestling fans were expecting when Kenny Omega came back. That was not like a trios title thing. Because he yeah. lost his title and he just left. What's the mo- what, what do you think's been the best thing that Kenny's done since he's been back? That match with Full Osprey. Oh, you mean AEW? 
No, no, no. That's that. That's exactly what I'm saying. He, no offense. Even though the matches were great and there were a lot of awesome stuff, they were a lot of of rehashed things they did before in those three on three matches with the, with the uh, dark triangle. And when he went against Will Ospreay, it was like, okay, Kenny Omega's still around. Like this this officially to me means that yeah, he got a bunch of surgeries, but he's still fucking Kenny Omega. You know. Can we can we get Pride and Powerful with Eddie Kingston as the manager? Do a full send on run. I, I don't know what they got going on. Maybe I can help help them hash it out. But like if get they came in right out, now, if they came in right now, they'd be like the best tag team in that division. And unless they just throw two big guys together, like we've been talking about, like it's Brian Cage. <laughs> Would be so awesome, <clears throat> Brian Cage and Odinson. Come on over from NWA. I, stop, stop fighting Bully Ray. Come over to. I think Brian Cage is taking that. I really he might have. Yeah, I really do think Brian Cage is going to take that uh, WWE NXT paycheck and go over there and fight Braun Breaker. Not Braun. Be awesome. Uh, another also, thing that happened. The Mohawk is stupid. Grew shit back out, buddy. How, what? How, how? I'm talking about fucking Braun Breaker. Like, what? What? Not Braun Breaker. Uh, fucking. Uh, God, what is his name? I just, I just said his name. Brian Cage. Like, what did he do to himself? He used to look like Sabretooth as a comic book character. What has he done? Why is Prince not on it? Is he? His like entire style, like his whole face, has changed. Oh, I, I didn't notice. Although he was gone for a long time, so maybe I just forgot what he originally looked look, looked like. Uh, if you go back and look at like uh, what he was in, because the in, thing in Impact was he basically like uh, Sabretooth, right? Like Wolverine's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of cut that out, and he's doing like a like a weird mohawk thing now. It's like a... that's what he used to look like. Um, I think before he did Lucha Underground and uh, Impact. So like back when he was, I guess on the Indies in MLW, maybe Evolve. I don't know wherever the fuck he worked for before him. Yeah, um, gave some post gave some pulse. You would both you would have not have green light of that. No way, Mohawk boy. No way, Mohawk boy. Um, in any case, yeah, he he'll be a great opponent for like. I'm assuming he's gonna go to NXT because his contract's done. Like before the next Ring of Honor pay per view. Yeah, which means we'll they have out. to drop those. Uh, they have to drop those trios titles because he's a trio title guy, right? He's part of yeah. the Prince Nana's Ring trio. of Honor. Also, why are those guys not working each week, like on camera? I'm in there on dark. I, I don't watch dark hey, each week. You remember how awesome it was a couple weeks ago when Adam Cole came back and had a big old promo and got everyone excited about his return? Where the fuck's he been? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that's everyone up and down the card. Like, remember that one wrestler that was on here? 
Oh yeah, I, I, I'm still I'm still like convinced that Adam Cole is cleared to wrestle. <laughs> I don't know why he would announce it if unless he was, you know. Um. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, no way you came back and made that big comeback like for the promo he made on the uh, Jay Briscoe stuff. I, I get why you did that. I don't know why he was like, no, oh, I'm here. Because the Jay know. Briscoe stuff really had nothing to do with his health. It was more just like, it's my friend. He put me over and got me into the XT. And... Yeah, yeah. To, to be fair know. to him, that, that concussion could have happened in next year because I've seen Velveteen Dream kick this guy in the head before. Yep. Um, so let's go over some of the matches. Um, try to finish this up real quick. Uh, we had... So the big ones, basically. The Trios Championship. Uh, the Elite beat AR Fox in top flight. I love AR Fox. He's fucking awesome. He was paired with Kenny for most of it, which makes a lot of sense. This was a crazy-ass match, and like a lot would think, the Elite won. So So I love the storyline of, like, they can't actually, like, the the Bucks cannot beat Top Flight. They can't pin them. For whatever reason, they cannot pin them. So they eventually pinned AR Fox. But AR Fox like kicked out of everything <laughs> and reversed everything before getting bent. So shout out! I don't know if that was like part of the storyline. He reversed like, the one the wing, wing angel, angel and they got him with a roll up. I will say, <laughs> Kenny was like uh, Fuck the this, dreaded roll up. <laughs> yeah. The Kenny worst finisher was... of all time. It was amazing though, because this Kenny Omega, so you don't expect it. He's like, "Fuck it," <laughs> he just talked to him. <laughs> I love this. I love this match so much. This match is so good. <laughs> it was. I mean, if you like like huge spot, like high spot matches, this is great. <laughs> this is a great match. Kenny yeah, o- it was a fun match. Kenny Omega and AR Fox just like hanging out <laughs> for a while. I'm like, all right. I want to see a singles match after that, <laughs> <Yes>. honestly. <laughs> yes. Shout out to AR Holding it down for the A Town. Let's go. Can we get yeah, AR Austin Theory in one and we got fucking AR Fox in the other, man? Yeah, let's get the let's get that triple threat. AJ Styles. Southern Honor! Southern Honor Wrestling, bitches! Uh, and then uh, what's his name? Um, Alan Angels over in uh, over in uh, Impact, man. Part of that group that you like that Eric Young used to be a part of before he left to go to WWE. Um, Violent by Design. He's one of the members now in it. <laughs> I just love that Alec- Eric Young responded to me on Twitter. I was like, "Did you come up with the name of Violent by Design?" He was like, "Yes." <laughs> Yes, I did. Yes, a, yes, I did. It's a great name. <laughs> he was like, thanks. <laughs> no, he said him and uh, who's the Canadian guy that runs or big part of Impact? Catch him more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only know him from early TNA where he, Scott Demore runs out with a Canadian flag and immediately gets his ass kicked normally because <laughs> Jeff Jerry booking. Um, 
evil Canadians. Yeah, Canadians are terrible. Unless they're part, like, one Canadian is part of beer money, and then they even out. <laughs> Jesus. Where's Bobby uh, Roode at? Just being glorious, I guess. Uh, poor Bobby Roode. Why was he not in the Royal Rumble? Is he that? I have no idea, man. Wouldn't it have been amazing? I want them to do something. Even if he lost, if that song hit and he came in and got like a couple eliminations, we'd be like, oh, shit, it's probably that'd have been amazing. I would love it, man. I would love it. Uh, let's uh, talk about we got. I'm leaving the, ta- the tag match for last and trying to make sure that we got through everything else. Um, we had this awkward thing where we had a gauntlet match with the members of the Jericho Appreciation Society going against Ricky Starks. Uh, he beats basically both members back-to-back of... Uh, they're not a tag team anymore. That was NXT. I forgot their actual names. Angela Parker and Grandpa Flizzol, uh the two French-Canadian guys. Um, do, you want my, do you want my notes on this one? What was it? Bullshit WWE finish. Yeah, Jericho's in the just, audience. Gives yeah, has a mask He's supposed on. to wrestle Jericho. <laughs> that was the he match. has to go through all these people to be able to have a match against Jericho. At the end of it, after defeating every member, I think he was on Daniel Garcia or maybe Sammy, one or the other. Uh, Jericho, <laughs> with a mask on in the audience, gives him a Judas effect, which leads to the ending. I don't know where this is going, but I'm sure Ricky Starks will be much better afterwards. So... It would have been awesome if Jericho had like an old generico mask on, but he didn't that would have been that cool. far because they only. I guess technically, technically they could, right? Yeah, they could do whatever. I mean, like unless they Sammy's gonna unless Sammy's gonna sue them or something, which I don't see happening. But all right, um, someone pointed out that someone they he should have had the fucking who's the announcer. <laughs> Excalibur should have an Excalibur mask on. <laughs> for like five that would have been years. hilarious. <laughs> that actually would have been fucking funny as hell. <laughs> All right, do you want to talk about this main event? No, not really. It was terrible. It was bad. It was just uh, a bad outcome. We can talk about it. A lot of fuck finishes. They WWE'd us pretty hard. Yeah, this is even more so a, a case of, I think, they WWE themselves. AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Acclaim went against the Guns, and basically the whole concept at the end with the ref bumps and whatnot, Billy Gunn being in the back and telling them to go there by themselves. Is Billy Gunn going to help out his sons? I even predicted that. It seemed predictable, but it seemed like probably what they were going to do. But no, they swerved us to swerve us. So basically... Billy saves them in a situation so, and then did it again. They emphasized it even more that he wasn't going to fuck over and then the guns won. And I was like, what? I mean, look, they got heat, but I guess now their they're, acclaim's going to chase them until the pay-per-view and maybe get them back. I don't know what the hell that does for the guns. Um, and honestly, I didn't have a problem with... I kind of felt bad for the guns with their dad. Honestly, from all the stories and shit, so yeah, the, the, I kind of thought that Billy Gunn's promo. 
Yeah, I, I thought Billy might actually like, okay, maybe I should help my kids. <laughs> so, no, they, you know, when, what's what's Roddy Piper's uh, saying? Uh, when someone thinks I'm going one way, I don't remember the fucking quote, but oh, that's how yeah, I applied it yeah. to the booking of this whole entire thing. I was like, what? But, so what you're saying is the booking was not the cream of the crop. Yeah. No, it was not the cream of the crop at all. It was pretty fucking bad. Like, why? They Vince McMahon the shit out of this, dude. They totally Vince McMahon the shit out of Just have them win and set it up at the pay-per-view. There's a bazillion good tag team. They have, like, one of the most stacked tag team rosters. That's what's annoying. <laughs> they just had the Bucks right before this. They literally had the Bucks in top flight wrestle each other. I don't know, man. Like, and Daddy Ass is just backstage like, I can't, can't choose between my various kids. You should probably choose your kids. I don't know. <laughs> no. I'm just I saying. Mean, not money-wise. I get, I, get, I, get the, I get the presentation is going to be weird if Billy Gunn's not with the Acclaim. But I think the Acclaim would get over that, honestly. Uh, and it would be fine. It just, I don't know what the, I guess we're literally watching them climb back for the next three weeks to possibly win it at the next pay-per-view from the guns. I mean, the entire company should just bow down to how great Billy Gunn is. Yeah, he's like, what, 74? He looks like fucking Greek god. I don't think it's natural, (laughs) but it's pretty amazing. Well, just say he's gotten over, like, you know, like, how hard is it to get over an AW? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, it's hard to get over an AW, but he's like a superstar there, right? Like, yep. in WWE or even in TNA, he was just kind of like a like a guy who was there. Uh, and like, the know. acclaim, the acclaim got over. It's like, eh, yeah. they should all pay Danhausen money, I guess. I don't know. They should. They owe him uh, uh, some monies. <laughs> they owe him some monies. Because, like, the whole thing was like, oh, it's your dad. You're the ass boys, whatever. And then when he, they split off, it was like, oh, you're not part of the ass boys anymore. That's the entire storyline. Who cares? Where's Pride and Powerful at? I know, man. Like, <laughs> like you said before. FTR. <laughs> Where are they at? <laughs> You know who doesn't give a fuck about the, the ass boys of the gun club? FTR. <laughs> they don't care. It's just ridiculous. The Bucks wouldn't care either. <laughs> like, this is like... This is only a feud between, like, two groups. <laughs> and I know, they where's just the end? Drop, and they just drop the titles. The, the only way they can make this work for me... Is if FDR comes back and they're feuding with the uh, the ass boys or like the gun club. I could see that working out. I'm still really it's intriguing what the hell they're going to end up doing come April. Um, yeah, because uh, the gun club did jump them after that last pay-per-view or whatever. And even that felt kind of weird, but I would assume that's where the storyline is going. And then know. wrap wrap back around to the acclaimed, and then they do the split off. But like, I don't know. There's other good tag teams. 
You're you were a company that was built off tag teams. Oh, and uh, by the way, I found the quote. Just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. So, there you go. That was their booking idea for that last one. That's what I was trying to get at. But uh, so that was that was dynamite. So what you're seeing is one balance off balance. It doesn't matter. I'm better than you. Yeah. Takes the craziest guys like Piper and Macho Man to make sense of everything. Uh, Rampage, I just want to say that the advertisement for the two promos I was looking forward to guys suck because they were like barely anything for Mark Briscoe and fucking Dustin Rhodes. And I was like, ah, I'm glad that we're using both of them. You know, it kind of positions Mark Briscoe to go down the route of an old feud he had with Josh Woods randomly. And they're going to be on Dynamite. So that's good that Mark's going to be on Dynamite next week. And Dustin got attacked by Swerve and his two cronies, uh, Giant Tom McDonald and Brock Lesnar for Teen 92. I don't know. Like, um, I don't really know what the hell it is. But, uh, you know, and that's good. And Dustin, but I wanted, I wanted like them in the ring. Having some type of promo, not something that lasted two minutes. Uh, yeah, when you, when you sent me when you sent me the uh, like Mark is going to talk, and then like it was like a, the next day you were like Dustin's going to talk. Holy shit, that'd be a good. Like Mark Mark Briscoe and 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 Dustin Rhodes. So I was like, holy shit, that'd be a really fun tag team. Yeah, that, that did would not be. happen. No. So. Mark Briscoe just out here defending the tag title by itself. I don't against Josh Woods on Dynamite for whatever reason. Just that'll be a really good match, <laughs> but it will. But like you know, it'd be cool if we got him involved in something else and kind of made a story. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe he'll cut a big promo afterwards, and we'll we'll get him positioned to, uh, somewhere. I was trying to think of like Southern, uh, like James Storm, like, like Dustin Rhodes would have, or Dusty, or Terry Terry Runnels would have made a lot of sense. Gold Dust would have made a lot of sense. Like for just have him be Dustin, man. Yeah. Like he, he's the natural, like fit right in. They're both kind of redneck. They both said some things, some things they were well, Mark I, didn't say anything, but I think there, I think we've if been you, a part uh, of things we regret. I think if you paid uh, Dory enough, he'd sit in the corner. You know, <laughs> that's true. Dory's like ninety years old and better shape than Prop me up. Just, uh, you of know, course, Dory's not taking. Dory, he wouldn't take any bumps. He just, he, no, he's <laughs> sitting in the fucking corner, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, he gets tagged through his like four hands and then just tags back out. <laughs> I think. I think honestly. Until he wants to retire, if Mark needs a tag uh, person, wants, now that Robert's going to be done, maybe Ricky Morton and him from now on, if they want a tag, that'd be a nice little tag team partner to have. I mean, I don't know if Eddie Kingston wants to do it, but it would be kind of fun because they're both from that top Northeast. I mean, of- I was thinking... Him country and, guy and, and the super city guy like to get the because well, that's kind what of about what that, your money was right like well what about that aspect but instead of eddie you do ortiz since we don't know when santana's coming he's a great tag wrestler you know and fucking the two of them that, the two crazy guys from those tag teams 
That'd be a lot of fun. Not going to be able to let them go as a tag team date. <laughs> Don't accept this. It's like letting one of the Hardys go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that they they would that would be great. But yeah, I just need I just need Pride and Powerful to get back together. I'm gonna start Thank sending you, them love. I'm gonna start sending them love notes signed by the other person to each other. <laughs> try to get him. Try to get, <laughs> get me from uh, South Park. Um, <laughs> he he keeps me. Uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to. Do, we're definitely gonna have to do that. I mean, come on, man. You guys are so good. Eddie Kingston's right there. You can go on a huge run. You versus FTR, amazing matches. Like shit. Take the take the trio titles from the elite. Kingston and fucking Prime Powerful, man. Yeah, that's yes. Let's do that. Exactly that. The, I know what's gonna happen next. With the, uh, <laughs> the, the, it's gonna yeah, be House of Winning the tag title, which they should honestly. Give them something, man. I mean, because like if you think of like Alistair Black and uh, Brody, right? Like that's a big ass Hoss team. <laughs> I would expect them to smoke the ass boys. Yep, but uh, yeah, that was. I don't remember any of the matches. Actually, Orange Cassidy had a match at the end of the night. I forgot who he went against, but it was pretty good, and he defended the Atlantic title. But other than that, Maria Shafir, I think, went against. Someone? Maria Shafir should not be on TV. She just... um, Rampage just usually has matches I just don't care about, honestly. Maria Shafir is just, like... Does she have go-home heat with you? She needs to go back to NXT, but work below, like, people that are good on NXT. I I don't understand. No, I, I I agree, man. Um, How do you miss a also, hip toss? It's a hip toss. It's literally all you do is like let the other person flip over your back. <laughs> There's... Who did she go against? She went against uh, Ruby Soho. And Ruby won. Yeah. <laughs> also, Ruby Soho is pretty good. So, like, once again... But like other I, than I, that, I, let, let me let me let me go over all these matches, okay? Uh, Blackpool Combat Club beat Kip Sabian, Butcher and Blade. Weird. Uh, Ruby Soho beat Marina Shafir. Weird. Jungle Boy beat Ryan Nemeth. Weird. And then actually the match I was talking about, Orange Cassidy and Liam Moriarty had a really good match for the title, the All Atlantic title. Uh, Orange Cassidy ended up winning, but that was a really fun fucking match. Uh, yeah, you know how I know it's fun is because Jr. was having a good time while calling it Jericho. All of, it was an exciting match. So, uh, kind of going back what we were saying about Orange Cassidy beforehand. I think he is a very entertaining performer. Just you know, yeah. if if one if you have a big debut for Adam Cole at one of your pay per views, and two weeks later he's losing in a hardcore match against him, that's when it may, bothers me. But overall, I like him. And I definitely like him with a belt, too. I, I think that yeah. it brings value. Yeah, like him beating Jericho is fine, right? Like he can be yeah. a top mid-card guy. It's fine. Um, he's not the, the title guy. You know, he's not he's not your your John Moxley. Can't anchor the company around it. Uh, 
just because there's nothing to build, right? Like, there's only so much he can do. He's great mm-hmm. in the ring. That match he had at Forbidden was incredible. That match he had with um, the Bastard Pac, or the Bastard Pack. Awesome. What it's about that match great. he had with Kenny Omega and Pac? I think it was on Dynamite a couple of years back. It was awesome. Yeah, like, he's perfect at what he does, but he is not, like... It's awesome. The kids are really into him, and he's a fun character. Uh, and we kind of thought, well, actually, we talked about this offline. We're like, it's like Hurricane Shane, Shane Helms. Like Shane Helms never had a bad match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or, can, or like Dax Harwood said, it's like Jimmy Valiant. You know, coming out dancing, acting like a crazy maniac, pretending he's peeing on wrestlers like a dog, and you know all the the weird antics and stuff like that. Like that's always been, I feel like a part of wrestling, but if you look at it, orange Cassidy is really good at selling. That's one of the, probably the best things that he's at. He looks, he he can sell really well. And not only that, the whole thing that he's doing is getting in the head of the opponent and fucking with them and trying to see if he can get a reaction. It's, it's actually kind of smart. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes back to his gimmick on the indies where it was, like, way further than what it is. But, like, if you watch him in AEW, it's not, like, he's only done one thing. And also Sting, yep. like, kicking him as, like, doing the little leg kick with him and Orange Cassidy. Sting and Orange Cassidy is one of the greatest things I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Because Sting had, the, had it on his face, like, oh, yeah, motherfucker? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like he's the best. I love Sting. I can't wait till he fights Samojo. I mean, I can because Samojo is gonna kill him. But also, well, I think it will still be cool if that interaction happens. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm expecting Sting to do something, but who knows? Well, Sting is like Sting's whole entire thing is like Stinger's Flash, Stinger's Flash, three punches. All right, I'm out. <laughs> All right, let me yeah, find the. You gotta have those obstacle. chops to the chest. Like, like yeah, the, chop, no, chops I'm not talking about a, like like the little mini like like uh, karate chops that he has. Yeah, yeah, from the sides. <laughs> yeah, and then he has to climb up on the highest thing possible and jump off. <laughs> Remember, he's got to do also the woo right beforehand. Did he like sure people know? Did he like call Jeff Hardy? He's like, hey man, <laughs> what would you do? Jump off the highest thing possible. Hope oh, people that's... catch you. Like what? Is what is this? I mean, I love it because it's amazing. Every time you see like Sting hit like a huge crossbody block off like you know like a four story building, <laughs> but. It's also like Sting, don't do that. Yeah, Sting. Well, you know, one he's, another guy like we've talked about. This is this is his last run. So if he's gonna jump off anything, as long as he thinks about it beforehand, go for it, Stinger. Just please, for God's sakes, don't hurt yourself in the process. No, Great Muda supposed to have his last match against Naito uh, as as Keiji Muto, his actual. Wrestler, not his persona. Uh, and, pulled both hamstrings, right? Ugh, so either he's done or he's going to have to wait a long time to have that one last match against Naito. Maybe it'll happen at Wrestle Kingdom next year if he's healed up by then, but that sucks. He was Naito. close to being done, and it's like, well, either that or I'm 
either I don't have one last match or uh I felt like Naito would just wrestle him in like a very small Japanese apartment. <laughs> He just shows up at his house like, no, 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 you're yeah. not done, motherfucker. No. <laughs> and just I hope that match actually happens, face. though. Yeah, because Naito would be the guy that would get the best. I, I think it would be, it'd be either, either him or Okada to get the best match out of uh, Muda yeah. for his final match. And I was really hyped on that. It sucks that he got hurt in the Darby Sting match because that was just kind of like a... That I mean, was it, wasn't a ba- it wasn't a bad match. It was just fine. Versus, like, you know, Naito would have, like, tried to kill himself to make <laughs> Muda look great, you know? You know, there's part of Shinsuke that's like, I might have had his last singles match all along, you know? Which, Which that was made, actually a good match. It, it was a great match. It was a really great match, considering. But, you know, Naito would have been like, I got to do, like, way better than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> the follow-up of, like, you know, like, Naito sliding in the ring and, and, and Muda just spitting on his white suit and Naito looking down at it. Like, there's just little things they could have done storytelling-wise. It would have it been great. Well, let's hope like, it still happens, you know? Yeah, it just sucks. Hopefully he's good. I, I think it'll, would they, 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 still, they, they said he uh, strained or pulled, I can't remember, both of his hamstrings. Jesus. Uh, whatever, Muda is still Muda. He's still gonna hit the Shining Wizard. I guarantee you, right now, if he was mad at me, he would hit me with Shining Wizard, with his pulled hamstrings. In uh, I don't think he would be mad at you. Of course not. He's one of my favorites. Well, I think that's the show. Got a nice little show for you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Talked a lot about the wrestling. I uh, got some big stuff going up. Uh, you know, soon within the next coming next coming weeks, uh, between Elimination Chamber and I forgot what AEW pay per view we're on. Um, one of them, Double or Nothing, maybe. Yeah, that that sounds right. Uh, but they're gonna be big stuff. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people. Plug whatever you want to plug. Do whatever you want to do. Just make sure you're sexy while you're doing it. <laughs> Goodbye to all the lovely people. If you want to talk to me on Twitter at Chris R. Patton, Facebook, Instagram is Christopher.R.Patton. Hey, if you want to play video games, Shaquille O'Kill, that's me. You can find me on Xbox Live. Or and you Microsoft can find me oh, Live. <laughs> or Microsoft Live. One of those two. You can find it. It's easy. And you can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. Mama, I got what you need. If anyways. Um I've been patiently waiting for a track to... Sorry. I I completely get it. But you guys have a good one. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, New listeners, we do this every week, usually. Uh, Get it out on Sunday or Monday. Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, Share us. Let people know about it. Y'all have a great time whenever you're listening to this. Peace out. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you.